You've got to be careful. Silent Night, Deadly Night is not for the faint of heart. Hello, this is Zef Daniel here, a.k.a. Woody Keith, writer of Silent Night, Deadly Night 4, which uh, is quite a, you know, an adventure. It's funny. It's becoming very, very well-watched. Silent Night, Deadly Night 4 is really just an excuse to make a movie about something completely different. <laughs> and what it is, I can't say. I just know that uh, this sort of thing goes on and is fairly prevalent. The idea of spontaneous combustion, though, that's no easy thing. Some scary people in this movie. Clint Howard... I'm not sure he was acting. I think Reggie Bannister was in there somewhere. Heath Hunter was uh, the queen of the coven. That was quite convincing and quite scary. So as you go into your Slumber Party Massacre podcast with Lacey Lou, and Lacey, I know, she's she can handle this sort of thing. But as for the gals who will be at the Slumber Party... Rebecca, Heather, Carly, and Nikki. Be careful. Know that they can hear you. And they are listening. Oh, yes. Zef Daniel signing off.
You are cordially invited to attend episode 11 of the Slumber Party Massacre. Ho, 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 everybody. And no, I'm not calling you hoes. I'm Lacey Lou, and with me um, for this special Christmas edition of the Slumber Party Massacre, I have the lovely Heather Powell. Yeah, yeah, but I'm a hoe. So is Rebecca. <laughs> ho, ho. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. I mean, <laughs> are, you, are you a grandma ho slut? That's fucking great I am. And I actually have to give a quick shout out to Sander Kane, who uh, messaged me from the Cemetery podcast and said, I don't know who let you and Rebecca on the same podcast together. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of ho talk. So this that one's for you, Sander. That one's for you. Yeah, um, I agree. But I love having you both. And since she said it, we got to give the other grandma ho over here um, a shout out, Rebecca Reinhardt. Yep, I'm here. Loud and clear. It's a Christmas fucking yes. miracle. It's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> I have high-speed internet, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. I love it, though. Um, yeah, I'm glad to be able to hear you in stereo. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we have our lovely uh, grandma ho in training, Carly, a.k.a. Carla. What's up, Carly? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Grandma ho in training. Yeah, I feel like I feel like I'm a little too young for that just yet. With like can it just be regular hoe and training? <laughs> she goes, whoa, 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 hold up. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, motherfuckers. Yeah, yes, thank I'm you for too. thank you for making us show our age there as well. Yeah. <laughs> no problem. We do it every episode. Uh, yeah, it's not a yeah, not a secret. And I, I can't really call my my blood sister a hoe. So, I mean, if you guys want to, you can chime in and do so. But uh, I'm just going to go Mrs. Claus. What's up, Nikki? <laughs> Yo, hello. Thank you. Doing well over here. I uh, really feel in the Christmas spirit. I, I put some Christmas socks on. I've got my snowman mug with my coffee. And later today, I'm going Christmas shopping. So, doing well. What What, what are the design of your socks? It has Santa on them with some presents. Is it oh. Billy from Silent Night, Deadly Night? <laughs> it it looks very reminiscent of him, not going to lie. Really? Yeah. You might have to post those in the group later. Be holding an axe. <laughs> 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 that would just be weird. <laughs> oh, uh, cool. <laughs> All right, so as I'm pulling up fan mail here, guys, that's going to take you a minute. Why don't you tell me the first Christmas song that comes to mind? Silent Jingle Night. Bells. <laughs> we have Silent Night and Jingle oh, Bells. This was like fight and coming down. <laughs> <laughs> the one that I want to say is the one that keeps getting in my head, but I absolutely hate it at this point in time. That's All I want for Christmas is you. You can't walk into a Walmart or a Kroger or, like, buy a Salvation Army bell ringer without hearing that motherfucking song. Truth. <laughs> Truth. Yeah. Uh, the song Last Christmas, I gave you my... I don't know what that song's called, but I hear, like, a million renditions of that on the radio, I feel, every time I turn on the Christmas station. So that one's always in my head. I think the first one that comes to mind for some reason, because we did it at like a chorus concert, like 
uh, in elementary. It's that uh, up on the rooftop, click, 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 down to the chimney with it. <laughs> and then, like, you have to, like, pat yourself on the back to, like, make ho, 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 who wouldn't Who didn't know? know? Ho, 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 who wouldn't know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and then you'd snap your fingers. It's kind of like an Adam's family pat on the back type of, like, dance motion. <laughs> If we go Patreon, we can get people to pay us, and Lacey can perform that, and we can be our backup singers. <laughs> uh, Although, on my birthday, I did do a backup dancing for Nikki to shoot. Nice. Oh, nice. Great yes. song. I lasted about, like, 15 seconds, and then I was, like, winded. <laughs> <laughs> but we were re- we were trying to recreate a moment from um back from like 2007 when she performed it at a different karaoke place <laughs> and yes. i danced the entire time i clearly don't but i was also <laughs> drinking a lot of beer this night um on my birthday i didn't do like a whole lot of like heavy liquor heavy liquor like makes me have like more energy beers kind of like weighs you down a little bit um, so that could have been it too. I, that's what I'm going with. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Not the 14 years that have passed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that is a fast paced song to rap too, but it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, are you ready for some fan mail? Fuck yeah. yeah. All right. I posted and actually we have Rebecca Reinhardt commented. <laughs> <She's our laughs> She's a fan of her own show. <laughs> um, well, because I said, everyone, we record on Saturday. If you want to send in fan mail, you have until then. If you haven't listened yet, there is still time. Feel free to post here or send a message. Thanks for the love and support. And the first comment we had was Rebecca. And she says, or if you want to give us your favorite recipe for human foot meat. <laughs> <laughs> and I literally just went back to the scene and eat like when she said that and I just got really grossed out like the gangrene that was setting in and I said oh I just picture and she goes Lacey Lou I almost made a hangnail stew joke but that kind of turned <laughs> my stomach <laughs> yeah but and then, then I, I literally said it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you said it anyway mm-hmm. you left me up to my own devices which was probably much worse than what you had conjured <laughs> I don't like this fan can we kick her out of the group <laughs> sure. Wow. Yeah. Oh, she, sounds, she sounds like a bitch, man. I, yeah. bet, she, I bet she's a bad grandma slut. <laughs> and, and then Nudie posted a picture of like multiple like nails like hanging. <laughs> um. All right. We have real fan mail. Not saying that you're not a real fan, Rebecca. But... Oh, I'm a number one fan. Come on. That's true. That's true. Um, but we have Liz Schmidt, who um, picked an episode for us last time. Um, she chose the Returnalquist dummy for the Tales from the Crypt episode. She says, great episode as always. As soon as I finished listening, I had to hurry up and watch Death of Some Salesmen. Oh, bless that Tim Curry. Always can't wait to hear what new games you have and what subjects will be duped out in the pillow fight. Girl horror power. That was nice. Aww. That is Liz. very nice. Very good pick with the Ventriloquist dummy. Unlike yeah. whoever picked lower birth. Yeah. <laughs> Steven. <laughs> Did anybody hear anything back from Steven after the episode dropped, or is he done with us now? <laughs> uh, 
I I broke it to him that we were not uh, kind to the episode. He was like, oh, man. Yeah. So, but yeah, I haven't really heard much about that episode since. <laughs> yeah. No, I know um, JP was not happy with that pick for us either. Um, we were talking in a, we have a challenge. We watched MTV as a challenge group with Mike Merriman. <laughs> and um, he was like, whoever picked lower birth. Why would they do that to you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. And then, all right. So we have Kevin W. Smith. What would be a show without him? Um, he said, I loved your last episode. You ladies rocked it. I am honored to have the runner up epi episode Tales from the Crypt. I chose that episode because I watched Lacey when she was like three. My family went Christmas shopping or shopping for Lacey. I turned on HBO. I saw that Tales from the Crypt was on. So I started to watch it and Lacey decided to watch it too. I just remembered it was snowing and the wind was howling. So it made the episode more scary. I'm not one to get scared that very often, but on that one I did. And then he proceeds to tell his rendition of my birthday party. Oh. He, says, <laughs> he says, he says, my version of Lacey's birthday party that happened was my sister, aka my mom, asked me to watch the party. Lacey told me that there was going to be about 30 kids coming and they had to be on the list and pay five bucks to get into the party. <laughs> so the day of the party, we set up, kids started to show up. They gave me a list to cross off the names and five dollars. That's when about 150 to 200 kids showed up. I would ask their names. They were not on the list. I'm like, you're not on the list. They were saying that they were on Michelle's list. I was like, who the heck is Michelle? And um, just uh, for context, Michelle is the one who ate the pie. Oh. <laughs> um, I was like, who the heck is Michelle? There was this kid that kept trying to get into the cake before we could sing happy birthday to Lacey. Kids were knocking on guest room doors. We were getting complaints in the pool area that some stuff was going on in the pool and the kids were smoking. I had to kick all the kids out of the pool. I go back to the party room. That kid I told not to get in the cake was eating it. <laughs> that they, we had not sang to Lacey yet. Someone threw a few pizzas all over the party room. Someone got into Lacey's presence and broke them. At this time, I had enough. This, this was only like 45 minutes into the party. The only ones who were watching the party was me and my girlfriend at the time. I, I don't know if that's like an accurate portrayal of the party though. Well, it's his mm. perception. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember my birthday presents being broken though. Well, maybe I can I just that say, he took them away. Maybe he took maybe. the broken ones away so that you wouldn't cry more at your birthday party. Ah, uh, well, it's my party, and I'll cry if I want to. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. Um, can I just say that I'm impressed that you charged cover to I get know. into your birthday party? Like, I mean, you respect. know, right? I mean, you're like that young. You've never encountered a cover charge ever. Like, I mean, that's that's organically beautiful that you could come up with that. Right. I know. I watched a lot of movies. Ah, yeah. Education. Like, I'm trying to remember what movie they charged, like, um, well, no, there was an episode of, like, Dawson's Creek where Dawson, um, he broke, like, his dad's boat or something, so they decided to have, like, a risky business party to, like, raise the money to, like, fix the boat, and I think that's probably where I got that idea. Oh. Season three. So two. Vanderbeek. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, and then he said, uh, because I did ask the listener question, what is uh, the best gift you've given or that you've ever received? And he said, the best gift I ever got was a Dan Marino autograph. 
I got it from Lacey, Nikki, my mom, and my wife. When I got it, I was shaking and started to cry that my mom, my wife, Lacey, and Nikki all started to cry as well. Aw. I remember that. And that made up for the bad birthday party that he had to be a bouncer for. (laughs) 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 Um, Hang on. Um, I got to go to the other one here. All right. And then Mike Merriman said, nine years old, Nintendo. Parents had convinced me I was not getting it. The disbelief as I unwrapped it quickly turned to joy. Can you picture Mike Merriman showing any kind of emotion like ever? (laughs) No. (laughs) Like like disbelief turned to joy. Like I can just like maybe like his facial expressions, but like I can't see him like enunciating joy. Hey, I'm sure thanks, him. guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, like at age seven. <laughs> I picture him with like a little kid body, but like his face and he's still like super high. So like I can't, <laughs> I can't actually picture him any other way. <laughs> I love it. Um, Debbie Lynn, um, this is the last one. Debbie Lynn said, my oldest daughter, after she got her first job, gave me a PS4 for Christmas. Aww. That's really sweet. That is sweet. Like, I don't even have a PS4 today. I'm still, I still have the PS3. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I, I love that. I, like, I'm a PlayStation gal, though. Like, I can never figure out the Xbox, like, handle panels or whatever the remote controls. What are they called? Controllers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Those, yeah, those control things. <laughs> yeah. Now, Heather, you're a gamer. What What's the best system? Um... Probably. I, I prefer Xbox. Honestly, Xbox One. I like it. I like the controller more. And I think that's why. It's just easier for me to handle. Because honestly, all the game graphics are pretty good when you get to older, like newer systems. Like, yeah. it comes down to what controller is the best fit for you and what works best when you're playing. And for me, that's Xbox. So it's kind of like Android versus iPhone or whatever. It's whatever. Yeah. It just kind of speaks to you. <laughs> right? It's <clears throat> switch between like because i've always played playstation as well and now i have an xbox and i may i don't even play games really i use it as like a blu-ray player but i have the same issue where i'm like uh the controller just feels weird it's hard to get used to but it's probably because i played playstation my entire life yeah so i do i do feel that dan's on the switch Mm. oh nice yeah. Um, did you ladies want to answer the question as well? What's the best gift you've given or mm. the best gift you've received? Mm. <laughs> I think for the best gift I gave, um, when I was still living at home and I had a lot more disposable income, I bought my parents a night away at a hotel that also had a uh, performance theater and a buffet dinner mm. and alcohol was included. So it was a pretty big package. Mm. I don't remember. It was <clears throat> a couple hundred dollars, whatever I paid, probably like 300 or something like that. Um, and they really enjoyed the time together. And I felt really good about giving them that because it's an experience. I'm all about experiences over material things are nice, but time to me is, is the biggest gift. Yeah. And the best, yeah, right? And the best gift I've gotten um, man, I honestly, it's, it's going to sound really cheesy, but the gifts that my American friends have given me in the last couple of years have been so thoughtful 
and they've all been horror related and it's been unique because there's a lot of stuff that people send me that I can't get in Canada. And I don't have one gift. Like, I'm sure you guys saw my wine glass yesterday yes. that Mr. Benham gave me. <laughs> um, you know, stuff like that to me, not expensive, but it means the world. Um, right. Because it's something that even though I've never met this person, it's the only <clears> way we can show um, appreciation for each other. So that's for me. Right on. What about you, Nikki? Um, for the best gift that I have given, the one that's coming to mind is one that I gave to Uncle Kevin and Kelly. A few months before Christmas one year, we went over there to watch a movie and um, couldn't really hear the sound on the TV. The, the sound was going out on the stereo. And I know how passionate Kevin is about watching film and listening to music. So I decided to get them a sound bar and uh, they absolutely loved it. And I just wanted you know him to be able to hear what he was watching and listening to. The the best gift I ever received was from you, Lacey. Um, when we were kids, we were given $100 each to go Christmas shopping. And I was pretty selfish as a little kid and kind of spent the money on myself. And <laughs> <laughs> Lacey spent the entire $100 on this game called Mystery Mansion for me. And I oh. still have... <laughs> I still Aww. have I still have the game too and it's it's a lot of fun it is a fun game <laughs> what about you Rebecca um that I've given I you know this is kind of one of those crazy things like um we do a lot of gift like craft gifting in my family and I'm not a crafty person so like it takes a lot for me to like come up with something but one year I was like playing around with like that pallet wood and making like little sign type things where, you know, you can put it on, put something on with Mod Podge and make it look kind of antiqued and everything. And we had had this party for my parents where we did this dress up thing and my parents like dressed up like, I don't know, they, they look like old timey, like, like Western people with like, they, my mom had a mustache on, they had cowboy hats and guns and stuff. So I took that picture and I made a wanted poster and I put it on the pallet wood and like Mod Podge did. And it turned out so well. It looked like a really old time, like wanted poster. And it was really like, that was like at least the one I was most proud of. Um, the best gift I've ever gotten. I don't know like if it's the best gift I've ever gotten, but definitely like the thing I remember the most or maybe the first Christmas I remember the most was when I was four. Um, I got some really cool stuff that year. I got my dad made a cradle for my Cabbage Patch Kids. Um, and when I came in, there was an Odie dog from Garfield, like a stuffed Odie dog. He was cool. But I got Beauty Secrets Barbie. And that was my first Barbie that was mine. Because everything else I had was a hand-me-down for my sister. So that was like my first brand new Barbie that I ever got. How many Barbies do you have, Rebecca? Um, I have probably around 400. Holy oh, wow. wow. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, a lot of them are in storage and that kind of thing. And they're not, you know, a lot of them are, you know, not worth anything. But yeah, I've got a lot of them. Mm. That's awesome. Car what about you, Carly? <laughs> um, as far as giving to people, um, 
trying to like that. I think that's great with Heather did for her parents. I'm I always struggle with my mom, especially my dad's not too hard, but uh, my mom, she's like boring. She always wants sweatpants and the same old stuff. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I wish, I, I wish one, I, one year I want to get her something awesome like that. So that's pretty, pretty sweet. But um, last year I got my, this is going to sound stupid, but I got my grandpap this box for his weed paraphernalia. <laughs> and um, it had, I thought it was going to be stupid. It's just like a box. It wasn't really, I just ordered it on Amazon and I thought he's going to think this is stupid. My grandpa's one of those people that he doesn't have, like he'll just like, he, it's very obvious if he doesn't like it or he doesn't like something and it's like, whatever, he'll just be like, Oh, that's not like, he just has that personality to him. He can't lie. So he's hard to buy for, but I gave it to him. And he was, like, super excited with it. And he was, like, finding all these compartments in it and then showing me. Like, he was sending me pictures later of all his stuff he was putting in it. And he, like, wouldn't shove up about it. So those types of presents mean a lot to me just whenever someone is still talking about them days later. So that kind of sticks out for me anytime I get him something that he really, really likes. Um, As far as the best gift I ever received, um, I wouldn't say... You know, this may be not necessarily the best gift I ever received, but it was, like, the most excitement I think I ever got because I didn't think I was going to get it. And JP got me uh, the Friday the 13th box set when that came out. Um, and I didn't think he was going to get it because I kept joking all year. I was like, I was like, oh, I want, I want that box set. That's what I want. And he was like, dude, shut up. Like, you're making me feel bad. Like, I didn't get you that or anything. And it's, you know, obviously that thing was expensive. And then he got me a bunch of stuff that year. And the last thing I opened was that. And I'm sure you guys know it comes in that giant rectangular box. So I didn't think it was going <laughs> to be that. And I opened it. And I opened it up and I see this box and I was like, <gasps> it was just like, I was like so excited. We have it on camera, actually. We like made a video of it, but we never, I uploaded it to our YouTube and put it on private just for like us. But it's, it's funny. I watch it every once in a while because. So JP's Aww. a good little actor then. He is. He, he is. is. <laughs> he's yeah. With that, with that in particular, he was usually I could tell when he's lying to me, but that was, that was a good one. Um, for me, my, okay, so, like, I, like, my grandma's, like, the hardest person to buy for on the planet. Like, I've tried to go, like, super expensive for her. Like, I've tried to be, like, thoughtful. Like, one year I bought her, like, a coach purse. She's only used it, like, once. Uh, (laughs) Another year, um, they, their ceiling fan went out in their house, so I bought them a new ceiling fan. Um, And I don't know, just, like, nothing was, like, I mean like obviously like she's appreciative of the gifts but like clearly I don't know like it it just wasn't hitting home right so I decided there was she had um my grandma was diagnosed with cancer and um it had been like a rough year so I kind of wanted just to give her something that just reminded her of you know all the people that love her in her life so I had a blanket made and it has all of her grandkids and kids pictures on them and um it says Jima on it and it's like a really tall blanket and I didn't expect the reaction that um you know she's like always so like yeah I'm gonna open it and like put it aside thank you you know and then like I don't know I gave her this and um, she's like started bawling and like 
Um, I didn't expect that emotion from her, you know, um, because I feel like I've been trying to get emotion from her for a long time. And for some reason, that was the gift that hit. And um, so I have to say that's probably the best gift I've ever given. Um, minus the Mystery Mansion game, obviously. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I to think of myself as a really good gift giver, though. I do. I, I pride myself on trying you, to find what makes people happy. You mm-hmm. are. You're the best gift giver ever. Thank you. Um, and then the best gift I've received. I've received a lot of great gifts. Um, I like that. I like when they're like personal to me, I guess. So my uncle Kevin and my aunt Kelly, they got me a ghost face bear. Um, <laughs> I, I'm sure there's plenty of like a million things, but like I'm like, there was also this Barbie doll that um, I got when I was a kid. And it was the stylist one where you could like cut her hair. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And uh, Nikki decided to chop all of its hair off because she wanted to see it grow back. <laughs> it, it didn't. It didn't funny. grow back. <laughs> no, it didn't, like it was like extension hair Barbie or something. Like Rebecca, you probably know the real name of it, but um, like you could put like the extensions to like give her more hair. And you're not supposed to like cut it that short though. Like Nikki, like Sinead O'Connor, this fucking Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I had that Barbie too, and I think I went kind of ham on it. So, <laughs> but it was so fun. It was. But I feel like that's the gift that keeps on giving because I can tell that story. And I know Nikki thinks like I'm mad at her for it, but I'm not at all. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like picturing the doll, and it's just like, oh man. <laughs> You should need a car. Yeah. Like, like, seriously, like, it, it left a little, I only left, like, a little of the blonde hair on top of the head. Like, it was, it was butchered. So, what like, is, did you think it was, like, the Play-Doh thing where yeah. you just, like, push them down and the hair comes back out or something? Yes, I thought it, I thought it was going to grow. Pet. I thought it was going to grow again, yes. And it totally didn't. So, when it didn't, I was like, oh, man. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, no, it's like months like, go by and you're like, it'll grow like real hair. So like I sat it up on the shelf. I like looked at it every day to see if the hair was <laughs> Well, in the commercial, they made it seem like that's what it was going to do. It's like, and then it like shows hair growing long in the commercial. So that's like the perception I had. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I had that toy for about six hours before it went bald. Like, <laughs> oh man! Was it maybe really that soon? I don't know about that, but <laughs> like I'm, I just look at him, and wait for his hair to grow. He's <laughs> like my chia pet. Aww. <laughs> All right, let's get into our actual girl talk topic, ladies. Uh, shopping horror stories. Um, it can take place at any point in time of the year. It doesn't even have to be like Christmas. Um, just any time that like you had a shopping nightmare. Or if you don't have one, maybe you know somebody else that does. So let's start with Carly this time. All right. Um... For me, a shopping nightmare is pretty much any time I go to the store because I hate it. So um, it was kind of hard for me to think of one, but I just thought of something stupid that happened to me when I was a child that was traumatic um, in a stupid way. But it happened in a mall. I was with my mom and we were probably Christmas shopping and or not. We went to the mall a lot just for fun, but 
um, we went to go go down an elevator and I or, or wait elevator escalator the one the the stairs. An escalator escalator yeah that one um so we went to go down one of those and I always got nervous going down those because I was always afraid my foot was gonna you know miss the step and I was gonna fall or something so. She ba- she basically got on it and like went all the way down and I was still standing up there and I just started like bawling because I was like just mm-hmm. stuck up there and then this random like lady came over and she's like is that your mom down there my mom's like Carly hold on <laughs> and she's like about to climb up the escalator and um obviously it's the one going down so you can't climb up it and she had to go around. And come get me. But after that, I was, like, extra scared of them. And I have to hold on for dear life. And I still kind of am. I have that I have that fear of being sucked into them and, uh, you know, just being eaten by an escalator, basically. But it was just <laughs> really stupid. Final four must have scared the fuck yep. out of you, Carly. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> but, it, yeah, it was just really d- one of those dumb moments where it was, like, super over dramatic and I don't know why my mom wasn't holding my hand but she just went all the way down without me and I was like <laughs> a little ass kid probably like five or six and I was like what do I do wow I, I love I love how you you defer the blame to your mother and not you <laughs> you know shit. I just think <laughs> I just reveal she should have been like a parent <laughs> You can see my parenting style right <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rebecca, what about you? Um, I'm with Carly. Like, pretty much uh, anytime I go into a Walmart, there's, like, a massacre going on mentally. You know, I'm, like, <laughs> right, ramming my cart into, you know, Mr. Just grab the fucking coffee and go. People but, are um, always in your way no matter what. Like, so I don't you're, think it's You guys are, like, no. road rage Walmart yes. shops. I have I have extreme road rage at stores, mm-hmm. um, which actually that having the mask like has helped because I can like talk under my breath and like cut somebody out without them knowing it. So it's been a beautiful thing. But um, the only one that I could think of, because, again, like Heather and I were talking like, you know, Lacey's going to have some kind <laughs> of like some, some kind of, I don't know, story where she shoplifts and whatever she always has like these great stories and I don't have a good one (laughs) this didn't happen to me per se but um during the lockdown I did a lot of uh Instacart grocery shopping so I would you know you you have an app you put in what you want somebody else goes and gets it for you and then if there's something that you put on there and the store doesn't have which happened a lot during the pandemic they would you know go back and forth and be like hey the thing you wanted wasn't here you know you want to pick something else da 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 So there was one time that, uh, and it's usually pretty easy within a couple hours. And then, but this one time, um, this poor girl, like there was nothing at the store, like nothing that I had put in the app was at the actual store. And I mean, I swear she just had to, she's like, I'm sorry, they don't have it. You know, what do you want? It took her probably like an hour and a half to do my grocery shopping because she had to substitute so many things. And then, um, I get the notification. She's checked out, blah, 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 you know, and she's on her way. And then I get this text from her that said, someone tried to hit me in the parking lot. And I'm like, 
okay. And uh, so then she sends me something later. She said, um, so the witnesses say that he tried to do it on purpose. So uh, we had to call the cops. So the cops are on their way. And then I just get like this message like, we're finding you another shopper. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, I'm just imagining this girl, like after like an hour and a half, she's making what, you know, 10 bucks, 15 bucks or something to do this. After an hour and a half of all this shit, probably goes out and she's just like pushing this cart. But, oh, fuck. And some dude purposely tries to run her over. And then she loses out on the money. She's got this cart full of groceries. She probably has to call Instacart, tell them what happened, wait for the cops. And I'm just like, wow, this is why I don't go to the store. (laughs) Right? Right? Oh, my gosh. No, like, Instacart can be a godsend or it can be a nightmare. 100% agree with you, Rebecca. (laughs) Yeah, my my biggest problem is I live in the country. um, And I live very far from the town that my zip code is in. But I live very close to another town that is not my zip code. But it goes totally by zip code. So when I'm shopping on the app, I'm shopping at the store 10 minutes down the road in the next zip code. But Instacart always sends these people to the podunk one in my zip code. And they don't have the same shit. And I don't know how to, like, rectify it. But whatever. There's Instacart, I love you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Minor bitch. Minor complaint. (laughs) Nikki. So... My story starts out as a horror story, but it has a a happy ending. So a couple, well, it was longer than that. It was years ago. There was um, a night where we decided to go shopping on Black Friday. And we went to this department store called Kohl's. They sell pretty much everything from clothing to jewelry, shoes, you name it. And... The only thing that I really found that I wanted was this multicolored scarf. And I I decided that (laughs) I I just wanted this in my life. So I go to, it was the only thing I wanted. And I go to go check out, the line is clear wrapped around the entire store. It, It was probably a two hour wait just to purchase this scarf. For yourself. For myself, yes. And I was very adamant, so I found the end of the line, and I started waiting in the line. After about 10 minutes, I got pretty restless. I started questioning my decision. Do I really need this scarf? It's the only thing that I want. And it was just, it was going to be another two hours in this line. And I probably was only in the line for about 20 minutes. And I came up to the this customer service counter and there was a sign that said open a credit card get 20 percent off your purchase so i was <laughs> like okay so i left the line i opened a credit card i bought the scarf with the credit card and i left the store and i never used the credit card again and nice <laughs> yeah so tip, tip for some stores when you go shopping on black friday you could potentially open up a credit card, get out skip of the, the store. Line. Yes, skip <laughs> yeah. the line. <laughs> the only problem is, is that now they'll do that right at the register. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. And Cole, yeah, I got, especially. I got really lucky. I got really lucky. <laughs> no, but didn't you forget that you had opened the credit card, Nikki? I don't remember. 
<laughs> well, there you right. go. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't remember ever using it again. Yeah, no, I think like there, there was like a bill came in, like you had forgotten that, like you had opened it. <laughs> for just I, think that was, I think that was with Costco. Oh, I thought it was. So, that was only so what I have to ask too is Kohl's is like notorious for like, you'll have a price tag for like, it says $60, but it's never whatever the price tag says. There's always a sign above the rack that says 40% off, 50% yeah. off. Like, I mm -hmm. mean, they, yeah. So, so. You probably, so after you get the whatever they give you off already and the 20%, what did you end up charging to this credit card? To the credit card? I think, yes. Yeah. Well, the scarf, I think initially was like $20 at the <laughs> the, the full price. So I think oh, really and this I think is what I was getting like, at. Like, like eight or $9 for this scarf. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> I had to have it and I still own it. <laughs> nice. I expect to see you wearing it the next time I see you. All right. <laughs> All right. Now everybody settle in. It's time for Lacey. <laughs> I was throwing it to Heather. Oh, oh, oh shit. Yeah, I, I had to steal that black dildo. Remember the double yeah. edits? Oh yes. Yeah. By the well, way, it's guys, Friday. I'm like, look, man, I'm part of this podcast. I gotta think up something to do. Um, <laughs> you know, I love Heather. I fucking love you, no matter what. But I, I will say, like when I said, God, I can't think of a good story, and Lacey's gonna show us up, and Heather said, Yeah, I feel like I need to go shoplift a dildo tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking lost it. I was just, I was laughing my ass off. And I'm like, Heather, I just fucking love you. <laughs> and then it's literally, like, ironically. Getting caught, right? Sorry, go ahead, Lise. No, and then literally, ironically, after you said that, like, not even an hour later, it pops up in my newsfeed on Facebook. Facebook, I guess. I, I don't know. Uh, Facebook, um, a ghost face dildo. Oh, so, yes. Yes. so I sent that to Heather and I was just like, all right, Heather, steal me this. Yeah. <laughs> there was one I would definitely steal, but I was picturing myself having the conversation because I would get caught because I fucking suck. And me trying to explain to a police officer why I stole the <laughs> Why? Why you're like, you, you know, you're dressed to the nines. You, you, know, right? you have a job, you, whatever. Right. Why? Why are? Why did you steal this, ma'am? You can afford it. <laughs> They're like, man, you're 38 fucking years old. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but that's not, I didn't, I didn't do that. But I have something that's probably equally embarrassing close to. So back in the day, I'm sure you guys went to record stores. Like I, we had Music World here. What's the big one for you guys in the States? What was the it big was one like for you? It was like FYE. Oh, yeah. okay. Sam Goody. Yeah, yeah. Sam Goody. Yeah. A couple up here too. So I think I was at a Music World, Sam Goody, something like that. And I was 12 and I was in with my parents and, you know, this is when CDs first came out, right? It was like the shit. And I think I wanted a Green Day CD. I think I wanted Dookie or something like that. And I was showing my mom all the CDs I wanted and like the music store guy was there and I think she only got me like two of them. And I'm like, oh, mom, I really want these other two. And she said, well, maybe Santa will bring it to you. And if I could have fucking melted into the floor, I would have. Because I'm 12 years old. Like, I look like a teenager. And my mom's like, Santa's going to come. And the fucking dude working the cash register looked at me like I was 
<laughs> I won't use word, but not a full sound mind. Like, what the fuck is wrong with this chick? And I was so humiliated. Like, humiliated. I'm still angry about it, and I'm 38 years old. And I'm going to bring it up tomorrow when I see my mom again. Um, <laughs> because, like, you know when you're that age, right? And you're, like, just beginning to, like, you know, think boys are cute or you want to look cool. And this guy was probably a cute boy working at fucking whatever music store it was. And I felt like the biggest loser. I can still remember that feeling like if I could have just been swallowed up by the floor, I would have. And my mom, <laughs> my mom just did like that all the time. Like we bought underwear from a store and she wanted to return it. She hadn't worn it, but she just wanted to take it back. And she got into a fight with the manager. I refuse to go to the mall with my mom to this day. I can't, I can't handle, and she's older now. She's in her fucking seventies. So, you know, she gives less shit since she did in her forties. So like, it's yeah. just, yeah. So anytime with my mom, but that time really stands out as a horror story for shopping. Oh man. <laughs> and at that age too, when you go to the mall, right? like you make sure oh, like your hair is done the right, right way and you're wearing the coolest outfit you can right. find. Right. <laughs> like that's when mini backpacks were in for the first time. And I had my like mini backpack and like, I thought I was looking really cool and like, oh man, I felt like the biggest fucking loser. That's I'm bringing it up tomorrow night. That's it. We're talking yep. about this. <laughs> maybe, hey, maybe you can record it and we can put that on a Patreon. Yeah. From this Heather. <laughs> be like, what the fuck are you talking about? You want some sangria? I'd be like, all right, mom. <laughs> I, it, yeah, you know what's funny is I guarantee that you bring this up to your mom, she will have absolutely no fucking recollection. Oh, probably not. Zero. Right. It's, it, 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 it was something so completely like just minor in her life. Right? Yeah, it's true. True, true. No, you ladies all have uh, really great stories all the time, every time. I'm appreciative of you um, always sharing and going along with my crazy topics of discussion. Um, I actually struggled with this one a little bit. Um, I, I didn't know which route to go. So I decided to go the opposite route of where I'm not the shopper, but I'm the re retailer. Um so I used to work um, behind guest services. Um, I got hired at this place called Gordman's that's now out of business here or whatever, but it was like, it's like a department store. So um, it's kind of like an off-brand Yonkers or something. No? We had, um, we had one of those here for maybe two months and it went out a bit, it, it like opened right before <laughs> COVID and then it went out of business. I, I worked there for a while. I mean, this was a, this is, a, I was in high school and um I originally started in the home goods department, but like I was always like wandering around and like not staying in my department because I'm like 16. Who wants to fucking sit there and fold towels? And <laughs> so like I would just like always go like chat to people like in the junior aisle or whatever. So like they had to put me in a place to where I couldn't move. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they stuck me behind guest services. <laughs> Which actually I excelled at really well because I was the number one credit card getter. Um, so it's funny that Nikki mentioned that, <laughs> um, but yeah, so, all right. So it's black Friday and we're busy as fucking shit. And it really sucks working that day because it's just like customer after customer. And like your arms are so tired from bagging these bags. And like, people are like yelling at you because the sale price isn't ringing up right properly. Blah, 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 blah. Well, this chick comes in and um, it's also where you uh, make returns, right? 
so this this chick is returning a pair of jeans and um obviously there are rules of and like we're busy as shit like i don't want to deal with returns on fucking black friday like return them after you know yeah um like the worst day ever to come return something all right so in order to return something like it had to be it couldn't be past the 90 days and they couldn't be um uh they still had to have the tag on them and they couldn't have been worn um so this lady comes in um she doesn't have her receipt she's trying to tell me that she just like bought them clearly these are like the oldest pair of pants ever but like it was the most disgusting thing that i've ever dealt with and like i opened them and like clearly they had been worn like because you can tell they're frayed like at the bottom but then like because you have to like inspect it all you know and there was like semen Oh. in these pants and, and yeah. where where was the semen in the pants just i want to get a visual where did you find the semen was it in the crotch area or was it we, we have to know it was, it was, it like, was in the crotch area it was like below the <laughs> like, yeah was it on the front or on the inside <laughs> see jesus christ you guys it was both okay it was both oh, oh so you've got semen and you've got what did we find out that pussy juice was called what was that something butter oh, <laughs> oh my god yeah. Yeah. oh god but so anyway so this lady's trying to return these jeans and she doesn't have a receipt and like i don't want to call out the obscurity of the the cum pants and um <laughs> so i was just like i'm sorry um you don't have your receipt so i can't accept this as a return <laughs> and the look on this big like she was like so happy too and then like she went from like zero to 100 real quick and she goes excuse me and i was like yes and she's like I just bought these. I don't need my receipt. And I was just like, um, well, they also don't have the tag on them. And they've been, <laughs> and they've been worn. She's like, these are in perfect condition. And like, she like rolls them up and she's shaking the cum pants in my fucking <laughs> Like, they're in perfect fucking condition. <laughs> I was like, no, no, they're not. And she's like, show me where they're not in good condition. She, this bitch literally wants to show me. Like, how can like, like, what do you mean? And so, like, I look at the bottom of the pants because I don't want to point out, like, the nastiness of the cum. <laughs> and so I was just like, well, they've been worn at the bottom. There's, like, a little bit of mud or dirt on them here. And she's like, oh, that washes right out. And she, like, took the bottom of the pants and starts, like, trying to rub out the dirt. And I was like, oh, my God, I can only imagine if, like, I show her the cum spot, what she would do. And so, <laughs> she's like, make me this scene. I have people, like, backed up in my line. And I was like, ma'am, I really don't want to embarrass you, but um, there are bodily fluids on these pants. They've clearly been worn. <laughs> and she goes, what? <laughs> and like, she made me point it out where. And um, she was like, that's frosting. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's frosting. And I was, like, well, I, was like, I was like, well, clearly, ma'am, they've been worn. Um, 
and so I had to end up like calling security because this lady just like would not leave my line. I feel like she was like high on meth or something. I don't know. Or she was just straight up fucking with me, but it was disgusting. And like, I have all these people like in line and this bitch is like yelling about these cum pants. <laughs> <laughs> it's frosting. <laughs> no, uh, it's well, I, guess, I guess it depends what you consider frosting. So maybe... Uh, Maybe that was what her definition was. But, Lacey, but honestly, that, I should have stole the dildo. How the fuck are we supposed to compete with that story? Right. Here's honestly. The thing. Like, like, I struggled with this one, and then she's like, come pants. And I'm like, okay, she wins. That's it. Lacey just sells shorties. That's it. Oh, Iowa. I mean, I thought I Iowa was the most boring-ass place until I met Lacey. I'm like, yeah. who the... Like, do you just attract, like, the, like, ten people in Iowa who are edgy and weird? <laughs> right. Um, cover charges at 13. No. My, yeah. I, Hookers. I think, I think it's the life that I make for myself. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Love it. I have a lot of experience, I guess. But, yeah, so we ended up calling security and... Um, uh, yeah, so we just called the and uh, she ended up leaving with her cum pants. Um, and uh, the funny part is, though, um, she didn't actually leave with the cum pants. We went out like after work, and they were like hanging over the trash bin. <laughs> and now, and now she's on a podcast right now, telling the story about how she tried to. Re- Turn a pair of cum pants. <laughs> like I don't even know if they were hers. Maybe like maybe like she found her husband cheating on him or something. I don't know. Like who knows? <laughs> but that's my story. You're welcome. That's great. <laughs> Merry Christmas and a happy fucking New Year. <laughs> we know at least somebody had a good night. <laughs> <laughs> I can't look at glazed donuts the same way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right, guys, that concludes our girl talk topic and fan mail. We are coming into our girl talk game, which this time we decided to do something a little bit more low key. Um, we decided since it's our Christmas episode, we were gonna be each other's secret Santas. Woohoo! Woo-hoo! So I'm gonna draw a name. And that person goes first, and then you have to guess who it is, but we're not going to reveal who it is until the very end. Okay. So, based off of the gifts that you got, you have to guess who you think your Santa is. All right? All right. Okay. All right. Rebecca, you're up first. Damn it! All right. All right. (laughs) Okay. Well, mine is obviously a movie, I can tell. And <laughs> it is the Blu-ray, the Arrow Blu-ray of the stuff. Oh, um, nice. Okay, so I I might just I might just be looking at the cover, you know, and it's like that stylized the the guy's mouth and the stuff is coming out of his mouth and there are people like crawling around with like the stuff all over their face and it looks a lot like cum. So I'm just gonna say Heather is gonna be. <laughs> <laughs> do not confirm or deny Heather do not confirm or deny yeah, I, I'm just going based on the, my gut instinct from the cover. and come face Heather I love it I love it <laughs> alright Carly you're up alright what does it feel like it is it feels 
like a movie and something else. So let's see. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, okay, we got the Scream Factory of Motel Hell. A Scream Factory Blu-ray I did not own. So that is that. And then we have Beauty of Horror number two, which um, this is a coloring book. Uh, my friend Kaylee got me one of these uh, part one uh, a few years ago, and it's a coloring book with like horrific images in it. Um, not like based on horror movies, but just like creepy stuff like zombies and stuff. And it's an adult coloring book. So I'm really excited about that because uh, I like to color to relieve my inner rage. Um, now, <laughs> I posted in the chat that uh, whoever sent this put Carla Cousin Slugger Sonnefeld as the name. Um, and to me, honestly, I mean, this could be any of you guys, but like to me, I got the vibe that Heather would do something like this. So I, I, I would put my vote towards Heather as well. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'm glad you guys think I'm so cool. Like this is really building <laughs> my self-esteem today. <laughs> All right, looks like I'm up. It feels like two DVDs. I suck at opening this. Oh. Oh, oh, oh. oh, we've got Pumpkinhead Collector's Edition Blu-ray, which I've never seen. Don't judge me, ladies. Mm -hmm. And oh, and we got Freaky with Vince Vaughn and Catherine Newton. Oh man, I, I love that movie from last year. That was too. fun. That's a lot of fun. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe we should do that for our New Year's show. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. I'd be down. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that would be fun. Um, oh, I, God, I don't know. I'm trying to get. Yeah. Ah. Like, I would say that it was like Rebecca based off of Pumpkinhead, but Freaky, I don't see her buying Freaky. Um. Oh man, like these are too hard. Like, like they're so like different from each other. <laughs> um, oh, God, uh, just based off of the freaky, um, I'm gonna go Carly. So that's my guess. I'm gonna go Carly because I know she likes old school and she likes new school too. Not saying that you other ladies don't, but I don't know. I just don't see it's either Carly or Rebecca, and I just don't see Rebecca buying freaky. So I'm gonna go Carly. All right. All right. We have Heather. Okay. So I have a couple of small packages. I don't know if they're all from the Secret Santa. I didn't open them in fear that I didn't want to fuck anything up. So I'll do the first one here that does say Secret Santa, and it's shot glasses. It's Jason's shot glasses. So it's for Rebecca and I when we get together. Yeah. We go in our hot tub. <laughs> So thank you for whoever that was. Um, and then, is this also Secret Santa? Yep, Secret Santa as well. And this is, I think it's a t-shirt? Oh shit, is this the t-shirt I wanted that's only available in the States? Oh, fuck yeah, whoever this person is. 
Oh, man. Thank you. It's a tank top I wanted that you can't get in Canada. So whoever my secret Santa is, you just made my life. New best person ever goes to that person. <laughs> and um, there's one other thing here. Whoever shipped this, thank you, because it's not easy to ship to Canada. And horror socks. And I do believe this is from Secret Santa as well, but we'll see. You'll float too. That's <laughs> good. So they're it socks from the movie. And I think it's Lacey. Hands down. Oh. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. All right, we got one gal left. The one and only Nikki K. All right, it looks like I have two here. So, what do you think they are? Um, I requested a lot of tarot decks, so I feel like maybe there's a tarot deck in here. Yes, we have zombie tarot. Yes, and the villains tarot deck from Disney. Awesome. Thank you so much. <laughs> I love that. And then this is in a box here. Lost Boys. You? It's a it's a Lost Boys toy. Oh, it's, nice. It, it, it's a it's Keeper Sutherland is a duck. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is <Interesting>. awesome. <laughs> yes, I love it. Oh, who do I think? I think I think Rebecca did this. <laughs> That's who I, my pick. I pick Rebecca. All right, well, shall we reveal? Um, if your secret Santa got you correct, reveal yourself. Someone got me correct. And it's my girl, Rebecca. Yeah, yeah she did. Rebecca, did you, some face. did you see the note that I wrote for you? Did you see it? Oh, 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 there is it. Oh, there. Hold on. There is something in here. Uh, oh, it's ripped up or something. Uh, I know what I wrote to it. It's I remember it because it's a lyrics from a ludicrous song. No, there's not a note in here. Uh, there's there like two little pieces of paper or something or fuckers at Amazon. So the note said, "My chick bad, my chick good, my chick do shit that your chick chick wish she could." And oh, that's well, then I totally would have known it was you <laughs> because you're fucking badass. And then one of the lyrics is, "Body looking like milk." And that's a compliment. <laughs> so now there is there is a QR code. I wonder if I if I scan the QR code. Maybe if that's uh, where the message comes up. So um since you said there was a no, I, I just looked in my package and mine says who my secret Santa actually is. <laughs> oh, oh crap. <laughs> it says well, see you my friend from carly allison sonica oh <laughs> thank you carly yeah no problem <laughs> all right um rebecca who did you have oh who was my person yep 
my person was Carly. Oh, so I got Motel Hell because I love that freaking movie, and I got the coloring book because I have the whole series of those, and they're really awesome. Oh, do you? Yeah, they have a little character called Guliana through the whole thing, and um, yeah. Yeah, I love the first one, so I'm excited to color this one. It's a lot of fun, but Motel Hell, I've only seen Motel Hell in a drive-in twice. Um, It's played at two drive-ins I've gone to, so I feel like I've never, you know, given it full attention on an actual TV, because I've never seen it just at home, sitting at home. So I'm curious to watch it and actually give it my full attention, because I feel like when I'm at a drive-in, I end up not paying much attention. Um, Nikki, I have you. Oh, thank you, Lacey. <laughs> Love everything. Thank you so much. And Heather, I had you. Nikki! Aww. <laughs> <laughs> Nikki, you sent me the tank top I can't get. Oh, I'm glad Nikki. you Nikki, <laughs> thank you. Welcome. All right, guys. Well, Merry Christmas. And when we come back, we will be doing our Hello 5 segment on the Silent Night, Deadly Night franchise. Stay tuned. Yeah. Silent Night, Deadly Night, no. random topics at this point um but this is our christmas edition so i felt it only fitting to cover silent night deadly night franchise since there's six of them um an even number 
Um, I thought it would be perfect. And I'd never seen any of them. Had you guys ever no. seen any of them? The first one. Uh, I've seen the first one, the second one, the fifth one, and the remake. And I could tell that since you picked this series that you had not seen any. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I told Mike Merriman that we were going to be doing this and he was like, why? <laughs> he's, like, he's like just stop after the first one and you're good i was like i don't know when i posted watching all these um they all got love on my facebook page so um some people are really a big fan of this franchise so um we shall see if we are carly have you seen any of these uh yeah i've seen all of them besides the remake before and I just bought the remake whenever Family Video went out of business. That was like one of the ones I bought on DVD, so I was happy to get the chance to watch that. Um, and when I say seen them, uh, I would say part four is the one that I didn't quote unquote see. I, I put it on one day and didn't pay full attention to it, but the other ones I did watch in the past, so I was familiar. Nikki? These were all first-time watches for me as well. Okay. Well, let's get right into the thick of things here and draw the first movie. We are going Silent Night, Deadly Night, Part 2 versus Silent Night, Deadly Night, Part 3, Better Watch Out. God. <laughs> better watch out with an exclamation point and it's about <laughs> a blind girl oh my god <laughs> uh nikki did this one resonate with you because of like the the telepathic psychic <laughs> uh, uh, how dare you insult your sister <laughs> it did but the execution was not done well <laughs> all right so opinion. why don't we start with you <laughs> all right so i'll first start off with talking about the second one the second one i was intrigued with the opening of it with you see ricky who happens to be the baby in the first one so it, he didn't really have much of a role in the first film but he's the younger brother of Billy from the first one. So the film follows Ricky and he's either, I think he's in an insane asylum or a prison of some sort. And this man comes in to like get his story. And he basically recaps the first movie. And that's about 40 minutes of the film. <laughs> I actually, I think that, took away from the film because I had already just watched the first one and I I mean yeah well it was fun to like recap the first one I, I kind of felt that it made the second one lack a little bit of originality but as soon as you get through that 40 minutes the movie does like transition into something completely different <laughs> where this serial killer Ricky he he's telling his story about basically how he goes on this madman rampage and you get the infamous garbage day scene which that was the first time I had seen that and that was pretty hilarious I didn't like that it didn't have a lot of elements 
of Christmas like the first one did. But at the end, you get a taste for that because Ricky dresses up like Santa Claus and he he goes to avenge or get revenge on Mother Superior. So I did enjoy that little dynamic at the end. And overall, I, I mean, I did enjoy it. I just didn't like the whole 40-minute recap. With the third one, this was a very interesting film. It doesn't feel like the first two at all. And like we were talking about, it has an element of psychic abilities. And that's actually a trope that I really love in horror films is when the main actor or uh, the protagonist has supernatural abilities. And in this film, Laura, she has telepathic abilities. She can actually communicate with Ricky, who is played by Bill Mosley in this. Bill Mosley is in a hospital, basically in a coma, but she can communicate with him telepathically and see like his timeline of what happened to him and why he is in the coma that he is now. And there are just so many things about this that I felt did not work. Like it was very random. I felt that it didn't make sense, but it's it was also enjoyable. I did find certain elements of it to be very funny. Like I think Bill Mosley's, like his outfit that he was wearing in the film, I think that would be a great Halloween costume. And I think that his, like the hat that he was wearing, like whoever created that did a really good job just putting a lot of detail in it. Like I'm just like picturing like the green light blinking on and off. But like storyline, I don't, I don't feel like this really (laughs) worked really well with the, with what the first movie was trying to get across. And The second one, I think, did a much better job. So I'm going to choose the second one over the third one here. Yeah, um, actually, uh, with the second one, um, the the director who got that, um, they actually were just given the footage and they were supposed to just like re-edit the first film. And um, they didn't give them like a budget to do much else. And the dude was like, I'm not just going to like re-release the first movie. Like we got to create some type of story here. So that's why you see the first 40 minutes because they had no budget to shoot. Like, so whatever they shot Mm. after was what their budget was. Um, So the fact that he was able to like implement a story within that. And unfortunately, like it it was a little too redundant with the, the 40 minutes, 100%. Um, but in, in my opinion, it kind of made the first one more fresh in my memory as I'm going through the rest of things. Um, but yeah, so that's the reason behind that. And part two actually has like, uh, like, I don't know, Ricky is a hilarious villain. <laughs> um, you know, like obviously garbage day, like this poor dude is just taking out his trash dies because it's garbage. <laughs> <laughs> that's so sad and he just goes like on this rampage and I was a little bit lacking like the Christmas feel of this until he finally puts on that Santa suit and Mm -hmm. oh my god Mother Superior is like the ugliest like nun I've ever seen uh like I was so happy when she got her head chopped off um like I hated her so like 
there's like characters in this movie that you're like rooting for Ricky to go kill at this point. But I do feel bad about the garbage guy. Um, part three. Yeah, I struggled um, up until like a certain point, like um, to watch this one. Um, Bill Mosley, uh, he's looking like Brainiac. I don't know why they went with that costume choice. I know you liked it, Nikki. I, do, I personally don't get it. <laughs> like, why is he, like, was, oh, he shot the, was he shot in the brain at the end of the um, part two? That's what they, that's what they claimed was he shot in the head and his brain was all messed up, but they had some sort of like mechanical thing they were working on to where they could fix his brain. In something like that. Okay. Um, yeah, no, um, it was very, and the, then like, like the cops are like, yeah, they're just like trawling along. Like they're not even like really trying to like look for him. They're just like in the cop car for like a good 40 minutes of the movie <laughs> in part three, like just talking about, yeah, if we catch him, it's, it's okay. Like they say something along those lines. And, like, Bill Mosley, like, coming through the doors is so ridiculous. Like, he's, like, Frankenstein meets Jason Voorhees, it felt like. Um, but I don't think he played a great villain in this. And, like, he only has, like, a couple lines of dialogue. And, like, you're missing, like, that Bill Mosley voice that he's so iconic for. Um, I mean, you get him to say, Happy New Year, like, at the end. But, um <laughs> Um, there's a dude with like really curly fucking hair and <laughs> there's this really random bathtub scene Ugh. and like uh, I just have to like look uh. at his chest hair and <laughs> it's like I like I I don't know how anybody would find that attractive I just don't like I wish Nikki like that could have been my Barbie and you could have chopped his hair off <laughs> <laughs> gladly like it was bugging me so much. Um, but yeah, this movie part three was definitely way more convoluted um, storyline to follow, even though like the part part two has more of a, you know, a redundancy of the first film. It's still a cohesive story and it stays tried and true to the first film. Um, in my opinion, although although one thing that is off-putting is at the end of um, part one, it's a completely different boy that they use in part two that says naughty. <laughs> like um, <laughs> it, it's like two completely different, um, two completely different characters, which I get because like obviously they had to cast somebody that would be able to play Ricky um, in that role. Um, but it, it was very obvious, like, once you're watching the movie. But they obviously did reshoot that scene, which um, is cool, I guess. But, yeah, I just because I liked how um, Ricky goes completely psycho and I believe in the story more, I got to go with Silent Night Part 2. Also, in the second one, when Mother, when they're doing the recap and mother superior catches those two people having sex <laughs> in the recap those are two completely different people than the first one they're not the same people at all. <laughs> all right rebecca okay well uh i'm gonna sound a lot the same as you guys um are, are any of you fans of mystery science theater 3000 I know that I know that our listeners, some of them are. Yeah, and the I've, guy, I've seen a few episodes, but okay, I'm not like a diehard. There is an episode, The Final Sacrifice. It's a Canadian movie, and there's this guy called Rousedower, and he's got this curly hair, and he wears a Canadian tuxedo like through the whole movie. 
And the brother in this looks like Rousdower Jr. It, I could not get that out of my head. Then once he takes off his shirt and gets in that tiny ass bathtub with his girlfriend, <laughs> which again, I mean that look, I mean that's the that's the shortest bathtub I think I've ever seen in my life. Um, and how they could fit two people in there, I don't know. Yeah, just I it just I've got this like hairball just thinking about it. Um, yeah. but that was probably the most interesting thing about three. Um, I thought the girl was okay but like her dialogue was so stupid and like bill mosley's like it's like he had it somebody put like like jello unsettled jello in a bowl and like had him tip his head over and screw it in it was, it was just really like i thought it looked kind of ridiculous and then he had almost like a little antenna on top and like i was like is that how he recharges like is it solar powered or you know what um but yeah i mean he wasn't he wasn't bill mosley like chop top or anything like that you know so that didn't even work um i just found it kind of boring and and hard to get through part two um I do like it. Uh, yeah, it does take a long time to get to anything original. But I think once it does get to the original stuff, like I can see like if I had if I had like paid money to see part one and then turned around a couple of years later and paid money to see part two, I would be like, uh, what the fuck? But, you know, now that we can watch it and, you know, it's got some cults classic value and a few like kitschy things like the garbage day thing. Um um, you know, I I don't mind it. I, you know, and in fact, really, <laughs> you could watch part two instead of watching one and two. Um, it's more like 1.5. Uh, I mean, they really do hit everything that has any kind of pertinence. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they're by they're just by a million, million miles, I'm going to pick part two to go forward. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Carly. All right. Yeah, with um part two, I think you should never watch part one and part two in the same Christmas season. Like I, I say, watch, you know, one of them one year and then alternate them each year if you are a fan of the franchise. Otherwise, it does get very redundant. Um, but part two is a lot of fun. Uh, just with that character playing Rick, Ricky, um, Eric Freeman, uh alone i mean if you didn't have that guy playing that character the movie would be very dull and horrible altogether but he's just his delivery is like laugh out loud bad sometimes just <laughs> there's so many like he's like oh my my old lady couldn't afford to send me to college so i got a job and just everything he's like who told you to why are you being so aggressive with the normal stuff you're saying and then uh, at, when it does get to the original stuff, it's funny because it's, like, so cheap-looking. Um, you know, when they're in that movie theater, it looks like they're just, like, in a living room. or so. It doesn't even look like a movie theater. But there, there's just a lot of fun to that movie. And, like Rebecca said, it's basically the greatest hits of part one. So, um, yeah, I, I think part two does have its place. I don't like, uh, again, like you guys said, how there's a lack of Christmas atmosphere. Um Besides scenes of part one, and then towards the end, they try to be Christmassy, but it, you could tell they're not in an area that, you know, it, it looks like it would be hot out or summertime or something like that. So it doesn't really work for that aspect. But 
still a fun movie. Um, I think that part three does a little better with the Christmas atmosphere. Um, this was my second time watch for part three. I've seen part two multiple times, but part three I'd only seen once before. JP told me it was really boring. He had always warned me about it. He was like, oh, you know, it's a Silent Night, Deadly Night sequel with Bill Mosley playing the killer. Sounds awesome, right? Well, it's not. And I do agree. It's like they dropped the ball with, I know it's like early in Bill Mosley's career, but it would have been so cool to see him actually get to play a character and not just a zombie, basically, the whole movie. Um, But, like I said, I like the Christmas atmosphere. I do like how they go to their grandmother's house and it's kind of in a secluded area. Um, but I think it's very slow at times. I feel like they're kind of just walking around the house a lot being like, where's grandma? Where's grandma? I'd be freaking mm-hmm. out because I like if my grandma isn't home on Christmas Eve and it's nighttime, uh, where else would she be? But right. And then the girl, the blind girl, I think is kind of annoying. They make her very childlike in a way. Like she's just super standoffish of that dude's girlfriend. And it's and he's like, oh, it's my kid's sister. She's like 20 years old. Like, <laughs> okay, she's blind, but that doesn't mean she isn't like, like she's grown. She doesn't have to be childish. So yeah, part three is kind of annoying. I don't find it as boring. <laughs> I do find entertainment value in it. Um. I don't think it's as boring as like JP and some other people have said, and I do like the atmosphere, but I think part two is a lot of fun and uh, they did what they could with that movie. Um, the, <laughs> they didn't do it well, but they, they did what they could. So I would have to give it to part two because I would rewatch that one a million times more compared to part three. And I did forget that there was one thing in part three that did, like the dialogue you're talking about, the way she is with the girlfriend, there was one line that did make me laugh out loud. When they meet, this, the girlfriend goes, oh, Chris said you have psychic powers. And the sister goes, oh, Chris said that you give good head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like literally the only thing that made me laugh. <laughs> Boom. All right, Heather. Oh, man, I don't know where to start with these two masterpieces. Um, I feel like you guys said (laughs) all that needed to be. Okay, so this is what I feel like happened with three without repeating all the brilliant things you said. I feel like someone watched Friday 7 and was like, fuck, yeah, you know what we should do? We should try to make it like Friday 7, but not as good, like really not as good. And... <laughs> and like, yeah, yeah, we should do that. Fuck, and they're high fiving each other in the boardroom, and then they went out and they made this movie because I think <laughs> there was an effort <laughs> to do something different. I, I think what they thought is UK will have this chick, you know, psychic and blind is really hot right now, and we'll have her like Helen connect- Keller that shit. Yeah, we'll have Helen Keller their shit. Like, <laughs> You know, there'll be this girlfriend and the boyfriend. And of course, she doesn't like them. And they'll go to the grandmother's house. And they'll be like, oh, the fuck's a grandmother? And then Bill Mosley will show up. And I, I can appreciate that this probably looked good on paper. It was absolutely horrible in application. Um, for all the reasons you said. I do think the Christmas atmosphere was there. That's a really fair statement. And, you know, some of the lines were funny. Them sitting in the bathtub and that guy's hair. I was so jealous of his hair. Like, beautiful, curly <laughs> hair um you know like 
the main chick was fine. I kind of felt bad for her. I'm like, this chick probably has acting chops. Unfortunately, she's been put in this movie. Mm. And <laughs> so that was the, that was the third one. The second one, I <laughs> the line delivery. I agree with Carly. Like everything he said was so aggressive. That's right, Doc. I bet you want to know. Like everything is like. <laughs> like I would, I would be like, bro, what are you, what are you doing? I would have to stop the film and be like, what, like, are we for real right now? <laughs> so, so little things I liked. I liked that his adopted family was Jewish. Made sense that you know they wouldn't put him with a family that celebrates Christmas. Respect. Um, I really felt the movie theater scene because not that long ago I was at the theater and these were four little bitches that were sitting up in the in on the roll ahead of me. And they were young. They were maybe like 15, 16. So I was trying to be like, Heather, don't be that crankety 38-year-old woman. But they were fucking talking throughout the movie theater. And I wanted to go over and like shove their head into their popcorn bags. They were just irritating me so much. So I appreciated when he like off those guys in the movie theater because I wanted to do that too. So that I I dug actually that scene. And when he kills the first guy, the guy's trying to date rape his girlfriend. Like I feel for the first little bit, he kills people where you're like, well, they were assholes anyway. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, oh, well, no, no love lost. It's when he goes like that convenient run into with the ex-boyfriend who's fixing his car randomly on the street. <laughs> that conflict. Um, and I did like that. Uh, he chased Mother Superior down at the end because she was a horrible human being from the first movie. And it just continued onward. So, yeah, I think for those reasons alone, I did enjoy two more than I enjoyed three. So. It's weird that um, you brought up Friday 7 because the girlfriend in part 2 played in Friday 7, I believe. Did she? So, yeah, she's one Look of the... You knowledge, huh? I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> no, what's funny, Heather, is that you said it was like the worst thing ever. And we actually said it was his best work ever. <laughs> really? So, yeah. Who said, it's the best, who, who said it was his best work ever? Um, Hang on. Um... Let me get that one second. Like the guy from who made Silent yeah, Night? Yeah. That, that was. Three. Hang on was one second. I, I'm not surprised that he thought that. <laughs> like, I think he really thought they were putting together something brilliant. Like, I really do. And it just, it fell short, you know, unfortunately. Um, he said, um, hang on, I'm, I'm almost there. Uh, perception. Um. the film saying he thought it was his best work though not his best film so I guess I had that wrong but he said it was his best work but not his best film his esteem for the work was partly due he said to the speed at which the entire project was put together, the original skip was the original script was thrown out and rewritten in one week, starting in March. By the end of April, <laughs> principal photography was done, editing was done in May. So, like literally two months, they took to do the whole thing. Not surprising at all. Yeah, it, it feels very thrown together. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, it was made in what year? Uh, 80, 89. So part seven of. So clearly they probably did take liberties from that. Like, I just feel like they were going with a trend. And I think the movie had potential. I just think the delivery was poor. And it was, you know, the the concept wasn't a bad idea. It was just mm. poorly delivered. Yeah. 
Yeah. Hey, Bubblehead, uh, you've been eliminated from this round of Silent Night Deadly. Right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, on to the next. Now, should I throw the other Silent Night back in, or should it get a move ahead? Uh, it. We should keep going, right? Like keep that out of the box. Okay. Yeah. Is that how we usually do it? Yep. Mhm. I just always like to switch shit up. Who knows? Okay. We have the OG versus. The remake. Oh. Ooh. This should be interesting. Um, Heather, since you went last last time, let's start you. Well, I liked, you know what's interesting? I liked both of these. I actually liked them both the most. So this will be very hard for me. I, I think the remake did what I think a good remake should do. So either a remake should be so different that it keeps with some similar familiar stuff. Like there was some lines in there, like the grandfather suddenly talking to the kid. And there was some kills that were similar as well that I thought were really cool and some throw in lines that they did. But I liked the 2012 slasher. Maybe it's because I sat through all the other ones and leading up to that, I was like, well, this looks like there was money put into it and I can follow the plot line. And, and like, you know, it was, it was entertaining enough for what it was. I, I did appreciate the reason why the, you know, the whole affair situation, the kid witnessing their dad being killed and coming back for revenge on this town. I enjoyed the, um, the, the filming of the softcore porn and then that whole chase and murder scene on kill scene, I thought was pretty cool and putting her through the fucking wood chipper. I thought that was, I was a good kill. Uh, so I actually found 2012 quite entertaining. I would, I would watch it again. Uh, as a slasher around this time of year. But I think when it comes down to it, if we're going to put the two of them up against each other, the original is going to take the cake here. Um, I think what Silent Night, Deadly Night did really, really well is put the protagonist and the antagonist together. You really have a lot of empathy for Billy. Uh, he witnesses this horrific murder of his parents. He's sent to this orphanage with this horrible, abusive... Um, Mother Superior, which probably isn't far off. Like, that shit probably did happen in Orphanage. Like, there was probably abuse and stuff that occurred. And he's traumatized. He's forced to sit on Santa's lap and all this other fucking shit. Like, just horrible stuff that happens. And he gets that job at the toy store. And I love the little music montage where he's, like, working at the toy store. And <laughs> the guy pours wine, but he lifts up his milk and he's going to drink the milk instead. Uh, and, and then when things change and he's forced to dress up in that Santa outfit and he kind of just loses it. I felt a lot of empathy for him. I, this was definitely a movie where I was like, yeah, it's shitty that he's killing all these people, but fuck this, like this guy went through some major fucking trauma and I wanted him to kill mother superior. I was hoping that he made it back to that fucking orphanage on time and after, because I thought she was a horrible human being. Uh, and I, and the other thing in this movie that made me sad and rarely do slashers make me sad is when the gentleman that's playing Santa, who is deaf, gets shot by the police, which seemed a little too <laughs> fresh for 2021. But um, I found that part really emotional, actually. I, for some reason, it really, it really bothered me. Uh, so overall, I think the first one is a much better movie, though I did enjoy the 2012 film. And if they weren't going against each other, the 2012 film would win against anything else. I, I got to go with the original for this one. All right, Rebecca. 
Okay, so grandma here. Uh, I was actually a kid when the first Silent Night, Deadly Night came out, and it was a huge controversy. So fucking Siskel and Ebert, like they always did, uh, you know, made this huge stink about the, uh, you know, Santa, you know, killing, blah, blah, blah. Basically, they gave the pub to this movie. Uh, I don't think anybody would have paid a shred of fucking attention to it. It was just a slasher in a sea of slashers. But like, you know, then you've got all these moms outside the movie theaters fucking picketing and shit. Saying, you know, Santa, blah, blah, blah. All it did is intrigue kids to watch it. I'm sorry. So, but I was still pretty young. I was probably eight, I think, when this came out. So I didn't see it till much later. And... When I did see it, I was like, you know, it's really kind of sad because it's a pretty, it's a pretty groovy movie. Like it's, I mean, yes, it's a slasher, but it has a lot of substance. And like Heather said, I mean, like Billy goes through the worst thing that a kid could go through. And the fact that no one gives him like the proper like psychological help um, or nurturing or anything, you know, it's it's really a good study of like how uh, how we can be shaped by our environments. Um, and so it just, it kind of cracks me up that all that gets lost because it's like, killer Santa, no! You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. But um, I've always liked that one, yes. And that's the only thing missing from part two is the uh, warm side of the door montage. Uh, you know, that, that's kind of missing. I love, like that song. Now, uh, I did not realize until last night that we were doing the remake. I watched the remake when it came out, and I was not a fan. Um, now, as Heather said, however, after suffering through some of the other installments within the <laughs> days prior, uh, I did watch it last night. I had a better appreciation for it. I think part of the reason I didn't like it is, first, I was like, remakes, it was just like we were getting oversaturated with them. And it had really, it really had nothing to do with the original. I mean... If they had just made a killer Santa movie and taken out like just like the garbage day and the antler kill and they called it something else, I probably would have been totally cool with it um, at the time. Um, but yeah, some of the kills are good. Uh, Malcolm McDowell overacts like a crazy person. I I just wanted to go in the TV and smack him most of the time. Um, but it dug like the wood chipper kill, like the head split. Um, so just for the kill alone. Um, I did, I did dig it. And especially again, since some of the other installments set the bar very, very low, it elevated this movie for me. But, um, of all of these, I mean, no matter which one, um, was going to go up against the original, the original is going to go through for me. All right, Carly. All right. Uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night, the original, um, it was one I saw for the first time just a few years ago, honestly, and uh, it has grown on me more and more as time has gone on, and it's become really high up there with uh, slashers that I like. Um, I think it's cool that you get so much background with the killer until he actually starts killing um as opposed to you know like halloween where it's just you see a little boy stab a sister to death and boom he's just like the killer this one you get like this huge background going through his ages and then uh you know he's like a teenager and seems normal and then he just kind of snaps with the 
uh, having to wear the Santa costume. So I really dig that. I think it makes it a little more unique compared to some of these other slashers um, where a lot of them just kind of follow the formula of, oh, random crazy guy, crazy for no reason, or you just get like a very small snippet of why they went crazy and that's it. Um, I think this one's kind of unique for going through the stages like that. And uh, it's like I said, it's really kind of grown on me. It's one that I love watching around Christmas time now. Um, It's one that I kind of plan to watch every year. I think it has really good atmosphere to it. And it's just a great slasher. I mean, it's kind of it's pretty random when you think about it. He's just kind of going around with no rhyme or reason, just showing up. At like that couple's house and, uh, you know, killing Linnea Quigley and then showing up in the middle of the woods and killing those. Like, it's it's a very kind of random in its formula. And then up until the end, of course, where he returns to the orphanage. But I like that, too, about it. I think it's I, I think it's cheesy. Um, I love the the little song that plays throughout it, like the Santa's watching, Santa's waiting thing. Um think that's cool i the the whole thing with just the toy store and everything just everything about it i think it's a lot of fun there's a lot of fun characters in this i love the guy who runs the store and um like heather mentioned that random very random montage that feels like something out of a sitcom of him just you know fixing a magazine and the boss being acting so impressed like wow he fixed a magazine and it, like just stuff like that I love it though it's very cheesy and adds extra element of fun um as I mentioned before the remake Silent Nights I had never seen before always curious on it because it's one that I never ever hear anyone talk about so like JP had said he was like oh I only saw it once and I thought it was pretty good but that was kind of it I never see anyone really post about silent nights um not even around christmas time so i'm like is this good or is it kind of like a forgotten little thing or what and i didn't know if it was going to be just like the original or name only or what um but like rebecca said it's like if you cut out garbage day reference antler kill and then the poorly redone uh grandpa singing it would be a totally different movie. It doesn't even have the same title, which is kind of annoying to me. It's like, so why didn't you just make it its own thing? So I, I do find that kind of irritating. I feel like this could have just been another killer Santa Claus movie and it didn't have to try to capitalize off of the original. Even if you read the back of the cover, it's like in 1984, Silent Night, Deadly Night, like it, it name drops the original to try to make it its own thing. And it's like, just just be original. It's okay. Um, but I do think it's a good slasher. Um, I do like the look of the Santa Claus killer. I like how he wears like that plastic mask. Uh, I think it's really creepy. Um, has some good kills in it. I act- I like Malcolm McDowell and I like his performance in this. Uh, it's kind of humorous in a way. Uh, he's just kind of a dickhead boss, but then he he's also kind of a dumbass sometimes, but it, it's like he likes to take charge. Um, I think he kind of stood out in the role. Um, I I like the storyline. I think it's a little more brutal. Oh, a lot more brutal compared to the original um, as far as kills and just the story goes. So overall, I had fun with it. I feel like it kind of looks a little bit low budget at times. But as it's already been said, compared to the sequels that we watched previously, it looks like a masterpiece. So 
I do like it, but I don't think it's anything special. I would have to give my edge to the original because that one has really kind of gone up in the rankings for me. Yeah, um, for me, they these were all like first time watches. I had seen like bits of the remake um, like a few years ago because I bought it on DVD, but like I never finished it for some reason. Um, but that was like the only one that I'd seen. And I'd seen people do clips of like Garbage Day, like all over social media. That seems Silent Night seems to be the one that's most talked about. Um, part two anyways, in my opinion. Um, but uh, for these two, um, the remake... It kind of reminded me of um, the My Bloody Valentine remake. It felt very like similar in like the production of it. And it also has, you know, Jamie King in it, who was also in the remake of My Bloody Valentine. And she was also in the remake of Mother's Day. So apparently she just likes to really be like the scream queen of holiday remakes. Uh, <laughs> do you guys think that like Jamie King is kind of underrated as a scream queen? I thought she was good. Yeah, I wouldn't have even thought, like, I didn't realize she was in all, I've seen all those other remakes, but I never really kind of would have put that together. Yeah. Yeah, I I love her in the My Bloody Valentine remake. I think she did a great job on that one. Yeah, I just, the movie, it felt similar, like, in the capacity of that remake. Um, Mm-hmm. Malcolm McDowell and I totally thought he was the killer the entire time because I don't know for some reason the mask looked like him. Yes, yes, <laughs> I thought the same thing, Lacey, and I'd seen it before, but I thought it looked like his face. It did. I was just like, are they trying to throw us off here? Or because, and then like it couldn't have been him at one time because one dude was like getting strangled or something. But um, I was like, ah, oh, man. Well, like I was kind of hoping that it would be Malcolm McDowell as the killer. Like, <laughs> I think that'd be fun. It would make it, I don't know. Um, it wasn't. He does have that one line at the end. He's like, you brought a, you brought a blowtorch to a gunfight, you idiot, or something. I can't remember the exact <laughs> line. But like, mm-hmm. this Santa loved his fucking blowtorch. <laughs> like, like, it's fun. Like, it's not a great movie or anything, but like, if it wasn't going up against the OG, I definitely agree. Um, the OG is a little bit slow in parts for me. Um, just a little bit. Um, it kind of drops. I don't know at what point, but I also watched it like really hungover. So I might've missed out on a few things, but I did like the beheading of the sledding. Um, I liked, uh, you know, when he just like loses his shit when he's at the store and then he just starts killing people there. Um, I had no idea where this movie was going to go. Um, I didn't realize how in-depth of a plot it, that Heather just turned it into with, like, the PTSD. Um, yeah, no, it it, it, is a, it is kind of a sad movie. Um, you know, and I didn't really realize that was his brother until the sequel. Um, so I, I don't think it was necessarily clear there. I don't know. Um it's funny, though, because, like, Billy doesn't, like, talk barely at all. And um, when he does, it's funny. <laughs> um, I, I think, and how many fucking Christmas movies are there with a character named Billy? I mean, we have Gremlins. Mm-hmm. Um, we have uh, Black Christmas. Black Christmas, right. And now this one. I think there's another one, but I can't think of it. But why is, like, all these movies with the name Billy? I've always, I've noticed that too. I've always wondered if other people have caught on to that. It's weird. 
Yeah, because yeah. I always, when I watch the first one, I always, like, find myself going, it's Billy. And I'm like, oh, wait, that's the wrong movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but no, um, I enjoy both of these. Um, I think just because the OG did it first, um, I've got to give it to that. But I think they're both enjoyable. Um, and the remake, it, it is what it is. Um I think it's a fun throw-on movie. Um, like, I can't remember what part it was, but um, Dan, like, came home because I was finishing up last night um, after I got off work and I had, like, 20 minutes left. And he's like, and something happened. I think the blowtorch scene, possibly. He was blowtorching somebody. <laughs> and um, Dan's like, yes, I came in right at the right time. <laughs> and so um, he was like, no, this isn't bad. And then we talked about it. And so, um, I mean, he seemed to enjoy the remake and the original. Um, he, and he's not one to watch these kind of movies. So, um, I, I don't think he could have through, um, some of the other ones, but definitely not part three. Uh, we started it. Um, and he's like, all right, I can't do bubblehead Mosley. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, we shut it off. We got like, 10 minutes into it so I had to watch that one on my own but uh yeah I gotta I gotta give this to the OG although the remake is um a fun throwaway film to watch Nikkei yeah so with the OG here I'm beginning to realize why I haven't watched any of this franchise until now and I remember when I was a young kid I was just like randomly singing Silent Night, Deadly Night, like just like out of the blue. And I remember mom getting so mad at me and she goes, don't you dare (laughs) sing, sing like that. Okay. Just don't do it. And I'm just like, why? I'm just like singing to have fun. And just like (laughs) this judgment and the scrutiny that I got from her. And um, because I, I was singing it because I had seen a preview for that movie. So because I had that interaction with my mother, I never watched the film and we grew up in a Christian household so I think if I had seen it in the past I probably would have been pretty judgmental about it as I've gotten older my beliefs have changed a lot and I've grown to respect all religions all beliefs or even if people don't even have beliefs about you know, religion or anything in like that realm. Like I respect all beliefs. And I am actually very impressed that this film went where it did. And it was very controversial. And I agree with you, Rebecca, that this film does a very good job at showing how environment can shape young children. And there is a lot of trauma that took place in this film whereas the young boy billy he witnesses his family being murdered at a very young age and he also witnesses his mother almost being sexually assaulted like that would take a toll on i mean it does like things like that take tolls on people as they grow older and one thing that i think this film also shows very well is repressed sexuality because in that religion like within the film that mother superior was perpetuating like she she 
told him that it was it was naughty that like like anything sexual is naughty and he he had this belief and he grew up with that belief and a lot of the people that he kills in the film are people who are having sex so it he had this belief that sex was naughty that it was a sin and that's not true um sex is a very beautiful thing we're all sexual beings sexuality should be honored and appreciated and i think that this film shows what repressed sexuality can do when certain beliefs perpetuate over a long period of time and i and wasn't nikki oh i'm sorry nikki uh, yeah. here's something that i didn't think about until you said that but you know the fact that he saw his mom being sexually assaulted did that also make him think his mom his dead mom was naughty adding right. that layer like a lack of trust for adults at that point even? absolutely absolutely and it, it really is heartbreaking and it, it's just so interesting that a film I mean, yeah, this is a film that does have its elements of cheese, but it also, it goes really deep and it, it goes where other, you know, movies were probably afraid to go. This one was like, no, I'm going to put this story out there. And I appreciated it for that. And because of that, I, I really enjoyed it. And I also, I, I did have the moments where I was laughing a lot too, like the scene where uh, the the high school kids are sledding and they're like, wee, and then like Billy comes out and decapitates him. Like I videoed that and I said like, okay, if, if, a, if an Achille is epic, I will video it on my phone and I will share it with Lacey. <laughs> and I sent it, <laughs> like I have a few on my phone. I think the other one that I had was from the ending of that movie, Out of the Dark, the very ending when he like gets blown away. But um, this scene where he gets decapitated, I watched it a few times and I was just cracking up laughing so hard. Um, you watched a kid being beheaded multiple times? <laughs> not, not multiple times. It was probably like three. It was just funny because he's like, wee! And then his like head gets chopped. <laughs> so you're not yeah, it, it's the most like instantaneous comeuppance that this kid could get. You're just kind of rooting for Santa at that point. Yes, yes. I rooted for Santa like this whole film. And I, I do believe, like like Heather, I thought I hated Mother Superior too. I think she was the true villain of this film. And yeah, I, I just really, I really loved what this movie did. With the remake, this was actually a lot more gory than I anticipated. And I appreciated that too. I... It, it wasn't exactly like the first one, which I think is cool when they when they do remakes. I, I think that when you can add certain stories or elements, it kind of adds to like the movie on its own. It's like, okay, here are some elements we're gonna throw in where you're not gonna really be able to compare it 100% to the original. Like we're doing our own thing here. And like the wood chipper scene, that was a pretty intense scene, watching this woman like run through the town. Like you're not anticipating her being thrown into a wood chipper. And they they gave tribute to the antler scene later on in the film from the first one. And it, it wasn't exactly like the first one and I appreciate that. And I too thought Jamie King did a very good job. And I... I think the remake does deserve credit. 
but it, it definitely didn't make me feel the same way as the first one. So I have to go with the OG. All right. Well, the OG moves on and the remake goes bye-bye. It's been below torch. Um, all right. So then that leaves our last two here. Um, we have Silent Night, Deadly Night 4, Initiation, and Silent Night, Deadly Night 5, The Toy Maker. The fact that there's six of these movies is outstanding. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. Um, and now we're at the stage of the game to where they're not, like, they don't have that connective tissue that the other films have. Um, I'm going to start with Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 4, because I actually know the um, writer, um, Woody Keith. Um, he actually goes by Zep Daniel now. And um, knowing his story and um, things, I can't like fully disclose at this time, but um, I can tell that it's definitely, and Brian Yunza directed this as well. And you can totally tell, and Screaming Mad George, you can totally tell that these are the same people behind the film society. Um, you know, with the, um, you know, it, society is kind of like about like this cult of people or and um initiation is about these witches and um you know uh, i think i can say that you know uh zep dealt with um this type of situation in his real life so it's very um prominent to why uh, that it bl bled into his writing on this as well um so i can appreciate it from that capacity um actually this movie had a separate title i don't even think it was supposed to be a silent night deadly night to begin with um because it was called bugs at one point and i think they kind of just slapped the the christmas stuff on it because it gets a little bit confusing because you got clint howard in here and he's playing um a character named ricky but i don't even think it's the same ricky that we're watching the previous installments um and it's about like these larva slug things that, you know, are trying to, you know, take over. And I, I liked the opening sequence of this where the bitch just like goes off in flames off the building. <laughs> like, and then that's the premise of the film is uh, this reporter is trying to figure out what happened and she gets like completely involved in it. And it has very little to do with Christmas, unfortunately. Um, you can definitely tell it was one of those films that they just kind of were like, well, here, let's slap this title on it and do that. Um, you know, put it with a well-known franchise at this point and see if we can reinvigorate it. Um, but, yeah, it, it's not the most enjoyable thing to watch. Um, you know, the, the, these, these two installments, they both have, like, a lot of sexuality. All of them actually have a lot of sexuality and them um but yeah it, this one is probably the least christmassy in my opinion it was christmassy a word yeah oh. i say yes i say yes <laughs> yeah. um but yeah i feel like this one like aside from like some of the lights on the house and things like that otherwise i don't necessarily think you would get like that christmas atmosphere um but yeah, I think it suffered from having the title. Um, I, I think the plot line, had it probably stayed Bugs and not been a Silent Night, Deadly Night movie, I think people probably would be more inclined to enjoy it more um, if it had just been something outside of the realm of this franchise. But I do understand where it did, where Zepp was coming from and hearing his story and knowing that there are certain things, it's definitely prominent in this as well as society. So um, 
with that, um, Silent Night, Part 5, The Toy Maker. I don't know about you guys, but I had a fuck ton of fun with this movie. Um, yeah. It's, 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 it's a lot of fucking fun. Like, I did not expect Mickey Rooney to be up in there. Like, being, like, this crazed toy maker. Like, the opening sequence, like, this little ball thing, like, turns blue and then it kills, like, this kid's dad. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and it's the most extra fucking thing. But, like, that's an opening that, like, you kind of gravitate towards, which I think some of the other ones lacked a little bit. Um, because it feels like it's Christmas. I feel like, and, you know, this is a Brian Yusa production as well. Um but um, this one, I feel like they really did hone in on, like, the Christmas aspect of it. And you definitely have some returning characters um, from the previous films, I think, in this one. Um, I believe Clint Howard has a brief cameo, and so does um, Kim from Part 4. Um, also, uh, Lonnie, um, the little boy who gets, like, lit up on the rollerblades, <laughs> like... Um, he was in the fourth film at one point as well. I can't like pinpoint it, but I, I, I do know that they intertwine somehow in there. But um, I don't know. I like that it's about like uh, possessed killer toys. And um, I did not see that ending coming at fucking all. Like not in any capacity. Um, <laughs> like um, when he's calling him Pino, I'm thinking. Yes. Oh, I was like, I was like, he must really like wine. Wine, yes. And <laughs> you were gonna like, say the same thing I was thinking. <laughs> like for real, I was like, he must really like wine. And then like he dies, and I was just like, well, that's really fucked up. He must because you're thinking Mickey Rooney's like this major villain of the whole movie, and um, he like that ending. Like I have so much to say about this movie that I can't even like combobulate my thoughts. I don't even know if combobulate's a word. Um, but like when that reveal happens, <laughs> he's like, he was like, I am a real boy, and I was like, holy fuck, it's Pinocchio! <laughs> right, because you notice the toy maker's name is Joe Petto, and the first time they said that, I was thinking like, like pedophile, and then it took me a minute to go, oh, G Petto, oh. mm-hmm. that's what I thought too. Yeah. And but like he like reveals and like he just wants to be a real boy. He's like, I am a real boy. And then like the way he takes down like his pants and like the off the Santa suit is the most extra <coughs> excuse me. Is the most extra fucking thing I've ever seen. How he takes his pants down and then like it's like clear this thing doesn't have a dick. <laughs> <laughs> boy and then he like looks down at like his crotchless crotch and he's like well almost (laughs) (laughs) and then like he's like trying to like comfort like how is he so sexualized without that organ though like is it you know like is it like a programmed mentality thing or like so was that how he was programmed uh yeah I would say so my I had a dog who was neutered and still like thought he was like the biggest stud in the world I don't think it takes you know the, I think it's more of the mental thing I mean it's gotta be right because like, like, programmed mental yes well like when that the babysitter and the boyfriend were like fucking like it, he's like trying to like rub his hand on that hand looks so disgusting <laughs> 
like I, I would like lose my shit. Like I'm sorry. But, like after like they're done like having sex and like he's killed the boyfriend and then like it, the the toys are possessed. And the thing, like, it's like a little truck thing with like a little gun. Like, I don't know, but it, <laughs> it like just like poofs and shoots her, the babysitter. And then, and then when Mickey Rooney fucking just takes that squirt gun and squirts the dude who looks like Billy from the first one, even though it's not him, like when they were at the, when the little boy goes and sees Santa and the dude's in a Santa suit, it totally looked like Billy from the first fucking movie. I was like, wait, what's going on here? Because he's so fucking weird and awkward. Like, why are you, like, disguised? Like, just go, like, tell him it's your son, you know? <laughs> and I don't know. But when he shoots, when Mickey Rooney shoots him in the face with a squirt gun, it, like, I, I literally laughed out loud probably more than I did at any of these other movies. And I thoroughly had a ball watching it. <laughs> so uh, for that, um it, I just thought it brought back like the fun toy element. And I mean, it, I did not see that ending coming at all. And the fact that that it's been like 30 years and hasn't been spoiled for me is astounding. So I got to go part five, the toy maker on this one, uh, Heather. Yeah. I really appreciate the stealing from other franchises as Dylan Knight has done. Um, I'm going to talk about five first. First of all, I think when they got to four and five of this series, as we all know, Halloween, John Carpenter envisioned it eventually as being different movies about right. different themes. And I feel like Silent Night's like, we should do that. Only they're not as good as probably what John Carpenter would have done. But um, I can appreciate the mother-son relationship in Five. It reminded me a lot of the mother-son relationship in Child's Play. And I thought to me that was really the backbone of it. Uh, there was a lot of little things in that movie that I didn't see coming. Like the dude that was the stalker was the father of the son. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Start making out and having sex in a parking garage. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> didn't see that coming. Uh, I, but I agree. I liked the ending scene was really sick. I think if I look at everything moving up to it, um, the ending scene was really cool. I didn't imagine that that actor was portraying a robot and the <laughs> robot scene was actually really sad. Like it was an interesting kind of play into technology. And I don't know if they did that purposely because you were getting more and more tech gadgets that were coming out around that time for toys for kids and the idea of killer presence being given. And, you know, you don't, these, these gifts could kill you. I, I think it was actually, a really interesting plot. I, I agree with you, Lacey. I think that this was very Christmassy to begin with. And even though it has nothing to do with the original concept of Silent Night, Deadly Night, if what they were trying to do would switch gears and go, okay, well, part three was a fucking disaster. So how do we make things a little more unique? I think they kind of nailed it with part five in the sense that it was unique. It was different. And it felt a little bit made for TV-ish, but by the time you get to a fifth movie in something like a Silent Night franchise, like it's it's not gonna be, you know what I mean? Like low yeah. low bar here, yeah. right? It, it had to like, go straight to VHS. Right. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. Not it's not great. Um, for I really <laughs> felt like they were trying to do like a feminist empowerment stuff. I you know there was a lot of comments made about like, well, boys will be boys. And obviously the struggle, which is relevant, of women trying to be treated as equal or superior in some cases if they do have superior talent and skills. I, I thought the movie was definitely trying to make a political statement. Um, 
but it was boring as fuck. Like I found it <laughs> really long to get through. I don't know how this bitch kept being drugged. Like who eats that shit that that woman gave her in the fucking? Oh. <laughs> Thank you. I was like, like, what was that supposed to be? Like a fucking like crunchy prune or some like, shit? Yeah. And she's like, oh, I had lunch. Let me eat this yeah. black thing. Um, yeah. So that I didn't get it. <laughs> she kept drugging her over and over again, which I thought was kind of ironic. Uh, you know, the showdown at the end, the tie-in to her boyfriend's family, the the father being really the grant or the yeah, the father being really sexist when she's over there, and then. She's going to sacrifice the little brother, but she doesn't. And, you know, she overpowers these witches. I think the comparisons that you made, Lacey, were great. At society, I get what you're saying with society. I think that's a really smart comparison. Um, yeah, I I appreciate what they were trying to do with that one. But it was just, to me, a little too socially motivated for that series. Right. A little too political, a little too, like, ah, oh, feminist stuff. And I'm all about social political movies, but you got to know your role and how it makes sense in your movie which is why i'm going to go with five because i think five was a great little christmas story i think the mother and son was a really great duo and i I thought the ending was suspenseful enough i didn't know what was going to happen with this crazy fucking robot so um entertaining number five all right rebecca okay um so again saying a lot of the same things you guys said what i had read is Brian Usna had done society. He still had a lot of things that he had wanted to put into society. We know it's body horror, but there's really not any body horror till the end. And it's more of like morphing kind of thing. So he had like all these ideas of body horror for bugs and that type of stuff. So that's kind of like, it's kind of like his leftover stuff. So this is really more like society too. Um, and I think it would. I think I would like it better if it was bugs, which I think it still was. I, I think I read in the UK, maybe. Um, I think I would have dug it as a, you know, just a VHS rental. Um, but this is not a Silent Night, Deadly Night movie. It's barely Christmas, and the girl's Jewish. You know, they even make a point of that. You know, so I'm like. <laughs> wow, way to, like, really go, like, the other way around. You know, you don't have any Santa or anything. Um, I don't really feel like mixing my witches in Christmas is really what I want to do. I don't like the portrayal always that witches are bad um, or that they're always doing things that are self-serving or whatever. That seems to be the... The trend always, I'd love to see a positive witch movie. And I don't mean a comedy. I mean, like, actual, like, Wiccans or, you know, who do positive things. Um, But, I mean, it was boring. It was slow. It was boring. And it was not a Silent Night, Deadly Night movie. Part five, I've seen before, like, probably, like, I don't, you know, probably when it came out or something. Um, And it was so entertaining. I, I... I was just like, I'm hooked from the beginning when the dad grabs like the Pokemon ball music box killer Santa thing. Um, It was just like them saying, okay, fuck this reset, everybody. (laughs) Like, here's where we're going with it. Um, You know, there was a lot of plot convenience in that one. You know, just the fact that the guy comes back into town and he just happens to he just happens to be from there. And he knows this toy maker and this story about the toy maker. But, like, 
wouldn't the woman have known the same story? I mean, I don't think she just moved into town. She just moved into the house. So I was really like kind of foggy as to why she didn't know about this toy maker, but he did. Whatever. It all worked out. Um, and I even found it kind of suspenseful, like when they took the boy um, and the babysitter's like freaking out. Uh, that's kind of a terrifying thing. So it, you know, but all in all, that one was mostly uh, goofy. And I would say of all these movies, that was probably my second favorite one. So definitely pushing five through. Okay. Yeah, I agree with everything you guys have said. With the fourth one, I think this would have done much better if it had just been a, a witch movie as opposed to part of the Silent Night, Deadly Night franchise. Like it didn't fit within the franchise at all. But I actually really love witch movies. And one of the good things that I took away from this film, like while I, it wasn't, it definitely wasn't my favorite film. One thing that I thought was really cool was when they were initiating her into which or part of their their group they were really reflecting on what her fears were trying to get the fear out of her and she she had a massive fear of cockroaches so that's why they showed up shortly after she met with the the head witch and the dark side of it was is that this this initiation into becoming a witch though it was forced on her it wasn't something that just happened naturally so that was quite terrifying so the fear aspect of it where she's getting the fear out that part i thought was cool um the execution of everything else didn't really work for me i personally think i was a witch in a past life i feel very connected to like tarot cards and uh just i mean not like in the the sense of like casting spells like i don't know how to do that stuff but i've always found it really fascinating and i think like the movie the craft where they are they are brought together naturally i love that in that film whereas in this one it, it felt like it was forced upon her it wasn't something that she chose so um I, maybe that was part of the message of the film as well that maybe certain things can be forced when people aren't exerting their free will over their own lives. So that piece of it I thought was interesting. Part five I thought was a lot of fun. I thought it was very creative. I loved the use of the toys and how they would kill people and just like the intricacy of how they were created. And I thought the ending was absolutely hilarious. I thought the guy that, uh, he was very reminiscent of like a uh, a large Ken doll. He kind of looked like a large Ken doll. That's like what I thought when I saw him. And I actually thought the actor that played him was pretty cute. Um, and it was also very Christmassy. It stayed true to the Christmas narrative that the first one did. And I, I had a lot of fun. I thought it was funny. I even told Lacey, I said, have you watched the fifth one yet? And she said, no, not yet. I'm like, well, it's hilarious. And she, after she watched it, she goes, you're right. This was hilarious. 
So because of that, I choose part five to go through. All right, Carly, bring us home. All right, yeah, uh, not much more to really say. I pretty much agree with everything you guys were discussing. Uh, they're definitely weird movies. Both of them could have easily just been standalone films. Um, but I really agree with part four. I've never seen Society, so I can't really compare that or anything. But I do agree that I think I would like part four more if it was just um, its own movie and not trying to, you know, mark it off of Silent Night, Deadly Night. Because, um, you know, it's pretty much just happens to be set around Christmas, but it's got its own little thing going on it doesn't really have a christmas atmosphere um and i do i like those types of movies uh, i think there's some gross out moments in it that are pretty good movie actually gives me kind of like a candy man type vibe just like with the lead girl um and she kind of gets wrapped up in all this weird shit and stuff like that um but it's definitely not my favorite. Like I said, that's the one I had trouble paying attention to when I first watched it. This time I did give it my full attention and I liked it a little bit more. But I just wasn't crazy about it. And I was always confused too. I was like, why is there a character named Ricky in this? And it's not supposed to be the Ricky from the other movies. Um, I always found that annoying. But it's an okay film. I just think it could have been its own thing and would have been completely fine. But... You know, whatever on that one. Part five, um, I watched, this was my third time watch of this movie because I actually watched it for the 1991 show for 22 Shots. And it made my top 10 because I think part five is a lot of fun. I was very surprised by it. Um, uh, I, I think the first time I'd watched it, I liked it. But I again, I didn't pay full attention to it like I should. And then the second time, I loved it, and then this time around, I had a lot of fun with it again. Uh, this one kind of reminds me of, like, a Puppet Master or Full Moon type of movie. It's just um, a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I like the whole concept of the toys and the toy maker. Um, oh, what's his freaking name? The old guy. Is he Rooney? Yeah. It wasn't there a thing he, um, oh, he hated Joe on? Oh, Joe yeah, Joe Petto. Um, he was like very against the original Silent Night, Deadly Night, and then somehow got wrapped yes. up in this movie. So I think that that in itself was funny. Um, again, obviously this one doesn't connect at all to the other movies, and it could have been a standalone, but I still like it because it's actually themed with Christmas, and that's kind of the central target in it as opposed to part four. So I like that. And I also enjoy, I think it's kind of funny, um, in part two, they're in the movie theater watching Silent Night, Deadly Night, part one. Part three doesn't do anything because, you know, fuck part three. But part four, they're watching Silent Night, Deadly Night, part three when they're in that room. And then in part five, there's a small scene where they're watching Silent Night, Deadly Night, part four. So I thought that was kind of a funny yeah. thing they did there. Just, just throwing that out there. But anyway, I would give the edge to part five. All right, so Silent Night, Deadly Night 4, Initiation is larvering its way out of the top three here. <clears throat> so now we have to decide our top three. Um, we have Silent Night, Deadly Night, the OG, Silent Night, Deadly Night 2, and Silent Night, Deadly Night 5, The Toymaker, which I think that's astounding, the fact that a part five is like 
in the mix of the top three here. Um, so um, I'm just going to say it just based mm. off of like, this has been like our least amount of pillow fighting at all. Unless you guys disagree with me, I think the OG is probably number one, right? No, oh, yeah. four. No, I'm just kidding. That's <laughs> 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 absolutely one. One is the best. Mm-hmm. I agree yeah. with that. Yeah, I love it. Rebecca? Yes, one and definitely. All right. So then we have between two and five. I am personally going to advocate for five because I had so much fun with it. Um, two is great, but it's more or less like half of the movie is, even though I appreciate what they did in the capacity of being on the budget and how it all came about. Um, and I do love Ricky. Um, and I love that he does come back and kill Mother Superior. I just was so surprised by the ending of five that I have to give the edge to five. Five is my choice for number two as well. Same. Yeah, solid arguments. I honestly, I liked the remake the second best, but I think after this discussion, I think there's a lot of value to five, so I'm cool with five going through. Heather, you know how this works. You can only pick the ones that have gone through. (laughs) I know, but I'm saying number two, the remake was my second personal favorite. Mm. Uh, But I think after our discussion, which is always good, because I have changed my mind several times after our discussion and stuff. I think the biggest was eat after... Uh, Nikki's really good observations of that movie um, that yeah five to me is better than two Carly um, yeah I mean I think it, it is weird that it came down to these ones because um, I think five and two are both very entertaining but I think five well I don't think I mean it's clearly the better made movie as far as budget and storyline and everything and as I mentioned earlier part two and part one it's tedious to watch those ones you know back to back or in close proximity since part two is basically part one again so I probably I would probably yeah I'd probably give it to five just for being original and way better made All right, so our official rankings are one is the OG, two is part five, three is part two, part, uh, or number four is Silent Night, Deadly Night, part four, (laughs) Um, five is the remake, and the least favorite is three, Um, just based off of how we did it. I don't necessarily know that those would be our official rankings, but that's how it ended up, folks, so um, actually, guys, uh, before we finish up here, um, I forgot that we did have one more piece of fan mail um, that was sent in earlier. So I'm just going to play it now, if that's okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Whoa. <laughs> Hello. Hello. New episode. Uh, it's fantastic. Uh, that marshmallow game, uh, Chubby Bunny. Yeah, it's a thing, I guess. I, I actually never heard of it, but it was hilarious and fun. Listen to you gals do it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, mushrooms and stuff. And fuck them. Fuck them. I only usually like mushrooms on steak and cheese. Things that are like uh, 
look like they're alive, sort of. Does <laughs> that make any sense? It's weird. Uh, mushrooms is a fungus. It's not a vegetable. Uh, and it tastes like one, too, in my texture. My mouth is just weird. I had to have it at a certain texture. Anyways, that's besides the point. Great episode. Foot stew. Well, you just got a shit ton of them with the Silent Night, Deadly Night franchise. Damn it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so sorry, I forgot to play that earlier. Uh, he sent that like really early in the morning, and obviously, we recorded this really early, so I didn't realize that's what it was at the time. But yeah, so that concludes Pillow Fight. And when we come back, we will be talking about Arfid's representation while she was out. I don't know why I said it that way, but yeah. We're gonna be okay, right? We're yeah. always okay. It's all you ever worry about, isn't it, the kids? <gasps> what in the hell happened Stop. to you? Stop. You don't even try to put yourself together anymore. Excuse me, do you know where I can find a parking space? There is absolutely nothing close by. Come on! Do you have a beef with us, honey? Because slipping an incendiary note underneath my wipers is an invitation to war. Okay, boys, let's back the car up. No. Put the gun down! presentation and now the time has come that we have reached our feature presentation on this holiday episode we have decided to do while she was out now this is um a christmasy movie um kind of <laughs> um uh had you guys ever seen it before heather no um and i'm sad i didn't it was um i like kim basinger quite a bit so it was nice to see her, and I enjoyed it. But we'll get to that more. But yeah, no, first time. Carly? No, and I had never heard of it either. So definitely intriguing. Rebecca? Uh, I'd seen the cover, but I thought it looked kind of cheesy, like it was going to be a Red Riding Hood thing, which I guess they use that in the movie. But 
yeah, I had never seen it or anything. And Nikki, I know we watched this one together. Uh, our grandma picked it for a movie night. <laughs> yep, this was the second time I watched it. But yeah, we really enjoyed it during the movie night. And I think we gave grandma props because it was the best film out of everyone that picked one. Yeah, and grandma usually doesn't pick the best movies. <laughs> grandma. Um, so this was this was a good you one. You guys are her. shitting all over your grandma in this episode. She's yeah. not appreciative of gifts. <laughs> no, no, she is appreciative. She's just really hard to buy for. Like she's really hard to get like emotion out of. So like if like I've been trying my whole life to just get emotion out of her and like got a, a, a I can't even talk authentic reaction from her for once. So it you know. Like, my grandma's a tough woman. That's how I would describe her. She's tough. Um, Fair enough. But yeah. So, yeah, back to while she was out. This was a Grandma Sandy pick. And we were highly impressed. And, and I'd only seen it the one time, too. And I remembered it being centered around Christmas. So I was like, this might be a fun one to cover with the ladies. So um, hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Uh, let's dive in. First impressions, Rebecca. Um... I did like it. Uh, the story isn't anything we haven't seen before. Um, my biggest problem, though, is Kim Basinger and not her performance. She did a great job as the performance. It's just that when it comes to the believability of this, that a woman gets married, has like what those kids are, maybe six, uh, six year old twins. And then realizes her husband's a dick and, you know, is trying to, like, secretly better herself um, to get out of it. I think that it really should have been a woman in her late 20s. Um, the whole idea that she's, like, she's pretty much in her late 40s, you know. And even, even if they wanted to play it like she was younger, I mean, even the girl she meets at the mall and her husband are both definitely older. Um, so, you know, I mean... If they had played it a little more like she was in college, dating the jock, got pregnant, married him, and now it's been five or six years, and she's trying to, like, work her way out of it, I think that it would have been a little more believable. Um, but aside from that, if I can push that aside, I mean, I thought it was a pretty good little thriller. It was almost, you know, it's like rape revenge without the rape. Well, almost. <laughs> um, yeah, well, it was it was almost going to be her seducing him, but too, but yeah, um, Carly, what about you? Uh, yeah, I had I had a fun time with it. Um, like Rebecca said, it's nothing overly original, but I I like movies like this where um, you know a character kind of just winds up in a city situation. Um, I like I also like ones where it's like a woman who's kind of beat down in life and feels alone and then you know they kind of have their breaking point I enjoyed that scene in the mall where you know her old college friend or whatever came up to her and is clearly just like full of herself like oh yeah we're so rich and then you have to like pretend like oh yeah I'm rich and successful too my life is perfect like that type of stuff um <laughs> I, I I like seeing that portrayed on film because it's like accurate to real life um yeah and uh, I, I enjoy that. I like how it's set on Christmas, but that's not really the central focus. It reminded me of P2, kind of, where, yes. you know, mm. yeah, it, it had a good Christmas vibe, but that wasn't really the main idea behind the film. So I really enjoyed that. Um, I didn't think the movie was overly believable, and there was stuff that annoyed me about the main character. Um, 
throughout the film and as well as the bad guys. But overall, I thought, like Rebecca said, I thought it was like a fun little thriller and uh, definitely teeters on horror as well, just with some of the brutality. So I, I had a good time with it. Heather? Yeah, when I saw Kim Basinger was an executive producer, I'm like, oh, that's why she started it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I echo similarity, like what everyone else thought. Um, I always, I, uh, I have a lot of empathy for domestic violence from personal experience. So anytime that it's talked about in a film, I do appreciate when it is discussed. Um, I agree though with the age thing, Rebecca, you make a valid point there. Um, and I think that's cause she put money in to star in it. So they had to make yeah. it a little bit older right uh i thought the the part that really stood out christmas to me was going to the mall on christmas eve people parking like dicks the crowdedness of it honestly like that scene there i'm like ah, this does feel like christmas eve at a fucking mall like this seems pretty accurate to me and i do agree that it kind of gets into some unbelievable things that happen throughout but i i do enjoy the character arc of her gaining strength where she goes from being afraid to being in control. And that's really, to me, what the movie was about, with some cool chase scenes and kills and stuff. So overall, I had a good time with it. Yeah, um, also, Guillermo del Toro. Um, am I saying that right? Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro? Yeah, uh, also executive produced this. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, I, I liked... Um, what I resonated with as well as, you know, being somebody from a domestic abuse background as well, Heather, um, that's a woman taking back her power and like the, but like in this way, it was like an unexpected circumstance that it happened in a mall parking lot. But, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you know, um, yeah, she, you can definitely feel like she's beaten down and I'm sorry, but those little kids were fucking old enough to pick up their own fucking toys. Like, yes. Like, I don't buy for a second. She's like, we're doing the best we can. No, you make those little assholes pick up their fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, another... Lacey, I thought the same goddamn thing. Like, I mean, <laughs> I'll it, throw it, those but... motherfucking toys away. <laughs> but also, that dad doesn't really have the right to be that big of a dick on Christmas Eve. Like, so I, I was, I, I'm, I'm giving her the credit right there because, like, obviously, like, she's out of wrapping papers. She can't go anywhere until he gets home, obviously. And so, like, it's it, the holidays are stressful. So I can get that. I can get behind that in that capacity. But yeah, those little assholes should be more helpful. Um, and also, I don't know if you guys watch One Tree Hill. Obviously, like, I'm the CW girl. Um, I cannot look at Uncle Keith from One Tree Hill the same anymore because he was like such a nice guy on that show, and in this, he's like a complete cuck, and um, he's a dickhead. But yeah, um, also, I didn't realize that this is the second Lucas Haas movie that I've chosen for Slumber Party because uh, he was the little boy. The main villain, Chucky, in this uh, was the little boy from Lady in White. Mm -hmm. Whoa. That's crazy. Just a few <laughs> years later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so we see what happened. He turned into the guy from Lady in White. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Nikki, what are your general thoughts? Yeah, I I completely agree with the believability of this film. But setting that aside, 
Lacey, I, I agree with you. This this film is about a woman who, in the first half of the film, she doesn't recognize her own power. And her reality is reflecting that to her everywhere she goes. Her husband doesn't value her. She goes to get wrapping paper on Christmas Eve. And you see little hints of her power, like how strong she is. Like she she pulls out the cigarettes and there's a note on it from her husband. You're supposed to stop smoking, Della. And she's like, fuck you. And she just smokes it anyway in the car. So you see, she does have a mind of her own. It's just she hadn't stepped into her power to really exert that in her own life. And then once she gets to the mall, she gets a reflection from the lady that she runs into this lady seems to have the picture perfect life and she she compares herself to that woman you see that the woman's getting the same lingerie that she was just previously looking at that she had wanted to purchase for herself her card gets declined when she goes to purchase some tea and a scone of some sort and she tells the lady behind the counter she said the lady's like what's your name and she goes Della with two L's and when she gets her cup, the lady had only put one L. So she didn't feel mm. seen. She didn't feel heard. She didn't feel valued. So this was like her her whole reality of it just reflecting back to her that. And then she's thrown into this situation with the this gang of four guys where she has to use her intellect and her inner strength and as the movie progresses, you see her come into her power, that she actually is more capable than she was giving herself credit for. And one thing I found very interesting with, with the gain of guys is that the, these guys are they're doing awful, terrible things. But there's also like another element where when one of their own is hurt or harmed, it's kind of like that moment of humanity that that they do have love for certain people in their life. And that's not, you know, to condone what they were doing. But I always always find that interesting when there's an element like that within a film. And a trope that I really do really enjoy in thrillers and horror films is when a woman uses her her sexual essence to trick the villain. Like I'm a big, big fan of erotic thrillers. They're, they're one of my favorite types of movies to watch, actually. I, I don't think that it was done very well in this film, though. <laughs> it actually, I found it very laughable when uh, she was, when they were kissing and like rolling around and he's got the gun and uh, it just, that didn't work for me in that sense. Like it, it didn't feel sexy. It didn't feel like that that was where I had the issue with the believability. But overall, I, I thought this was a very solid film. And you didn't think the flair was sexy, Nikki? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> but I mean, but I, at the same time, I still appreciate it though, because I, I love I'd love to see a badass woman take charge. Yeah, no, um, I completely agree with all that. Like, um, Dan watched this movie with me, and he was like, I was in it up until, like, they started rolling around. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I, he's like, this is the most lackluster ending that could have happened. He he liked it up until that point. 
I also wish they would have stayed in like the new construction of where like the new houses were being built. Um, I thought that was a really cool setup and I wish they would have stayed there. Um, I really liked the fact that um, these guys are so fucking clumsy and they could have just like left her alone, but they like are egotistical assholes, you know, and because she put a note on their car, um, they want to attack her. But I, I, I felt really bad for the guy that like died by like, just like peeking down and like, he like fell down and the dude stepped on his fucking head. Like, I don't know why, but, like, I felt bad for that guy. <laughs> yeah, he seemed the one the one that had, like, the most heart in the film. Like, when they they were taunting Kim Basinger in the film, he was the one. Like, you could see the camera angle to his face, and he was, it looked like he felt bad. Like, he didn't want to be doing it. Yeah, like, he didn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember watching it for the first time, and when uh, the security guard gets shot in the fucking head, I was like, holy fuck, I did not see that coming. Yeah, that was out of nowhere. <laughs> I only saw it coming because I knew that if he actually managed to get these guys to go away, there'd be no movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's the end. It's ten minutes long. That's the truth. I like how um the main girl, she like she she never kind of cowers. She's always like hitting them right back. Cause I hate in movies where men are all over women and they just stand there and like cry and like just give into it like because I know myself like I'm pretty weak but I, I well you guys know I'd be like smacking them back like she is and pushing them and getting smart with them and just not even thinking like oh these guys will probably shoot me but you know what it'll be worth it so I like how she does that in this film um I just Carly, you would have like, taken the gun away and pistol with them. yeah Carly yeah. you are not that's, you are not weak Carly that's you what I like to think <laughs> And I like how I, I also like that she is able to get in her car and drive away, and it's not like all oh, these guys just like kidnap her or something. So it's like you do get that, and then they wind up in that area. Um, but once they're in the woods, I kind of get annoyed. I feel like there's too many. I feel like it's almost dragged out too much, where there's too many scenes of her just kind of standing around, and it's like, but you could have ran away. These guys are morons. They're all like crowded together. You're just you're hiding behind a tree, staring at them waiting for them to notice you and come after you well but they knew her address because they had her id so i think that's why she's kind of sticking around to make sure she can take them all out so they don't go and hurt her kids yeah but like just go like go Go to the cops yeah go home (laughs) and then like go home well they they also burned her license so i I have a hard time believing they probably remembered her address (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. true Ah, uh, movies. I think about that stuff too. Like they burned her license. I always think about like the after effect. Like, man, this would suck. You survive that, then you have to go get like a new ID. Like, for you have the to go to the DMV. That's her yes. car. I'm always yes. thinking that. Injury. <laughs> so inconvenient. Yeah. Or like they stole your purse. It's like, oh shit, gotta cancel all my credit card. Like just yeah. all that stuff. I think about. Well, but she yeah. didn't have any money on her card, anyways. Yeah, the card's being oh, yeah, declined. True. Right. <laughs> I honestly was shocked that the security guard, how I thought this movie was going to go. I thought the security guard was going to intervene. She was going to take off. They were going to follow her. They were going to follow her home. They were going to kill the husband and it was going to turn into a home invasion film. Mm-hmm. And I was shocked that it didn't go that way. When they shot the security guard, I was like, oh, okay. 
<laughs> I guess this is going something different. And I think I would have preferred it if they followed her home. I agree. And the kids were an actual risk. Like, there was more to lose than just... Like, it was sad what was happening to her, but I think it could have intensified the movie. And also, the fact that she's... I mean, once she does get in her car and she pulls away, like, she goes to the road to drive. Like, why would you not just pull further into the mall parking lot and get close to a bunch of people? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, because there had been a ton of people. Like, if you go up to the front of the mall... Well, I think the point of the reason that that didn't happen, though, Heather, is the movie is called While She Was Out. And I think Mm -hmm. it wants to emphasize, like, you know, I know my family, like, worries about me, like, when I travel alone or, like, go anywhere by myself. And so I think that's what they really wanted to emphasize of, like, the real life horror here of a female being out there just, you know, doing a a random household er um, errand. And, you know, just getting wrapping paper. And this is what it turned into. It could happen to any of us at any fucking time. And, um, you know, as as ridiculous as some of the things happen in this movie. But um, this could really happen. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And, and, you know, that's the name of the movie. You're right. Like, it's just what I think would have been more suspenseful in general. Um, But I did think... She was very clever. First of all, when they shot the security guard, she got the fuck out of there, which I really appreciated. She didn't hang around and be like, oh, my God, no. Like, she pieced. Uh, She she did her best to avoid these dudes and eventually fought back. And the way she killed them was very passionate. Um, And made sense. Like, entire iron to the fucking nose. It's You know what she reminded me of? A caged (laughs) animal. Like, she was running, as most animals will do, the flight you know, they'll run or they'll fight. And eventually she got to the point where she had to fight. And I do enjoy the ending scene. (laughs) I did think that was a good way to end the movie, though. I kind of wanted to see more and I had questions, but you know, it's a thrower, right? Like it's. Yeah. I mean, because then it pulls into, you know, the question, if she does shoot her husband, well, now she's going to jail. What's going to happen to her kids? She yeah. doesn't shoot yeah. her husband, you know, is he, is she staying with him, blah, blah, blah. It just, it's kind of a good, yeah, just like, hey, I've got, I wear the pants in the family now. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, I didn't, I, I didn't like that because I, I'm thinking, okay, you're going to kill your husband now and you're, you're going to fucking fry for this and you're not going to be there for your kids. Yeah, like you can't... but there's going to be domestic violence stuff, like there could be, I don't think she would get the death penalty, it, it, in theory, right? Like I think. No, but she'd probably be right. in prison. I'm yeah, gonna... she would be definitely in prison, <laughs> right? But she, Right, but like I wanted her to leave with her kid, like just say like, "Hey, I'm mm. taking the kids, f you," and like leave the house or something, or tell so him I... to get the fuck out of the house. Yeah, That's no how shit. It's fucking oh uh, yeah, yeah. Lay <laughs> a gun to him, be like, "You can get your shit and get in your car and leave." <laughs> like, <laughs> Merry been, Christmas, yeah. motherfucker! You kicked right? out. Yeah. She was obviously like a homemaker, so it, like. I guess, like, she must have had, like, the traumatic experience of going through what she went through and probably wasn't thinking straight at that point. Like, she went too far into the deep end is, I think, what we're getting. Um, Right, because after they were killed, like, I think if you had your wits about you after you got in the car, you would go straight to the police station. Yeah. Yeah. Knowing knowing that the guys are not alive anymore, right? Yeah, Yeah, go and be like, this all happened, blah, blah, blah. Well, and then she comes home and like her feet are like all muddy and he was oh, like, you didn't even wipe your feet. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even wipe your feet. <laughs> yeah, she puts the star on the tree as she's walking up and stuff. Yeah, she's she's a little in la la land at that point. 
um, and then he's like, what did you get me? Like, she told you she was going to get wrapping paper, you dumb fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, some of the dialogue was a, a bit cringy at times. Um, and I'm not the biggest fan of the ending of this movie. Like, for some reason, when I thought about it, um, I remembered in my own head, it must have been the Mandela effect. I remembered, like, Lucas Hawes coming back with her. Like, um, like he followed her home and, like, she got him to kill her husband and then she killed him or something. Like, that's how I fucking remembered the movie. That's I think that's a better funny. ending. That yeah. would have been pretty <laughs> kick-ass. Right? Like, that's how I remembered it. And I was just like, wait, what do you mean that's how it fucking ended? <laughs> I think we're so, talking about creating a better movie as we talk about this movie. Like, it wasn't yeah. bad. There was just no. things that could have been done to make it better. Mm-hmm. Right. um is there anything else you guys want to talk about with it (laughs) i would say it's worth a watch if you enjoy like revenge films and someone getting even it's it's a great thriller it's not long i think it's an hour and 22 minutes like it's under an hour and a half i believe i think it's 86 minutes total yeah like it's not a long film so you're not in it for a long haul and it's entertaining enough like if it was on tv and i was flipping channels i would totally watch it I would go back because it's easy. It's easy to watch. It's an easy digestible thing. Yeah. Should we rate it? Sure. Yeah. All right, Nikki, let's start with you. Yeah, I really enjoyed this, this film. And we have a great memory of it from the first time we watched it from a movie night in Grama Sandy. And I, I actually really enjoyed the story. I, I, too, had an issue with the believability from it. it. It's not one that I would, like, gravitate to and want to watch on repeat over and over again. But I I really appreciate the message in the story. And I, I do love any story that shows a female in a badass light. So I give it a 3.5 out of 5. Yeah, um, as you said, um, obviously a good story with Jima Sandy. Um, it's probably, this movie is probably the reason she gave us rape whistles for Christmas one year. Um, <laughs> <laughs> True story. <laughs> Literally that happened. Um, uh, yeah, I, I I think it's fun enough. Um, I wish there had been a little, I remember there being a little bit more Christmassy stuff in it. So I, that's why I chose it. Um because everybody talks about like all other podcasts talk about a bunch of other Christmas movies. So I wanted to do one that not a lot of people talk about and it was horror enough. Like the kills were pretty great. Um, you know, it is a little gory. Um, so it does borderline horror. Um, yeah. So I think that if you're like a fan of like a watered down, maybe I spit on your grave kind of meets unhinged. This is probably going to be a movie that you really like. So I'm going to give it a 3.5 as well. Heather. Oh man, Lisa, your definition of a mix between unhinged and unhinged and uh, I spit on your grave is fucking mint. Like what Lacey said. uh, And I give it a (laughs) 3.5 because I think that sums it up the best. Thank you, Carly. Yeah, I, um, I'm i pretty much right there with you guys. Uh, I had a fun time with this. I think it does have flaws. and But much like what Heather said, I think it's a very easy to watch film. And I would recommend checking it out. Um, I, I like the beginning where they're at the mall. She's at the mall and she has a, her old cell phone. Like, this came out in 2008. This gave me such 
2008 vibes. It's like the it end does. of... It's like right before the world became stupid and everything became social media and online shopping and stuff. And so I really like that about it. But yeah, I'm actually, I'm right there with you on the ratings. I would give it a 3.5 out of 5. And Rebecca, real as in? Yeah, I'm not as, I'm not as positive about it as you guys. Uh, but, you know, I think it was good. I'll probably never watch it again, but I did enjoy it. I'm going to go with a 3. Close enough. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, that wraps up our Christmas episode number 11. Next one will be our 12th episode. That means we've been recording for a year, you guys. Yay! Oh, yeah. <laughs> we made it. <laughs> um, yeah, and I'm really excited about that show um, and more details to follow on that. Um, thank you all for tuning in, and we appreciate everybody that listens and provides feedback to us. And we all hope you have a very Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays, whatever it is that you celebrate. Um, or if you don't, uh, we hope you have a good time with your families and whatever it is that you do. <laughs> so, for sure, for sure. Um, I try to cover all my bases there. Um, so everybody, again, um, happy holidays, and uh, we'll see you next time. Peace. Bye. 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 Happy New Year. Carpet Day.
Субтитры 